0: Wretched slugs. Don't any of you have the guts to play for blood? I'm your huckleberry. That's just my game.
1: All right, guys, welcome back. It's the New Blood Rising podcast. Uh, It is season five. It's been a while, but we're talking about From Sting to Hogan. It's early WCW, early 90s WCW, 1990 through roughly a little bit of 1994. Uh, I'm William Rankin, joined by Jason Kiesler. How's it going, everybody? It's been a while. Charlie Stabile. Glad to be back. So let's not waste any time. Let's just get right back into it. We're picking up with Wrestle War ninety two, which is a pretty significant show. It is a show that is still referenced to this day. Anytime the topic of war games comes up. Although this is yet another one of these shows where like Battle Bowl, it's like, it's Russell War. It's War Games. It's the match beyond. There's like fifteen that's an exaggeration. But there's like like fifteen different names for this, and it's just like, let's let's just dial it back. I wish they could just call it War Games and be done with it but right. uh, whatever it's okay it's all right um i will have notes from nick nick always sends us stuff i'm gonna save it for the end because i think it works better it's it's it references the show as if it already happened like, like it like it we're gonna be talking about stuff that came out like in dirt sheets and stuff like that at the end so i'm gonna save that but let's get into this we're in uh Jacksonville, Florida. A wonderfully titled place, the Memorial Coliseum. I miss places that were called just the Memorial Coliseum because nowadays, you have to just find what's the what's a bank name. Okay, that's it. TD Bank uh, Field. That's where we're playing today. You know that's. that's... The... Yeah. <laughs> but, and th- and what what sucks is like, <laughs> outside of places like, like Madison Square Garden or Soldier Field. The rest of those places like keep getting renamed over the years, so it's like, oh, yeah, they played a Candlestick. Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. It's called this. No, it's not called that. It's called this instead because they bought it two years later. It's the worst. All right. Um, here we go. We've got... I don't know how you guys feel, but now that Jesse's here, I could really do without these Tony and Eric spots. Like, What's the point? They're so used. They are just filler. And,
2: and Eric is just like... <laughs> he's either drunk or... like. He, he stumbles over his words, and he just kind of goes, eh, well, and that, that's what I think about it.
1: He's trying really <laughs> hard, is what it looks like. Yeah, He's too going, hard. It, I think at one point he time travels from 2019 into his body and says something, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> interesting. But, yeah, I just... It, but we'll have a few of these throughout the night. They hype up the match. They hype up, um, well, the, the War Games matches as a possible end... To the Paulie, Dangerously, the Dangerous Alliance, and Sting and Sting Squadron feud that's been really going on since, I I mean, honestly, what, fall of 91 was where this really started kind of taking shape. Um, And of course, now we have a a nice little added wrinkle because since Sting won the world title, we're finally getting to the point where he's going to be feuding with Big Van Vader. And surprise, Sting has hurt ribs. Surprise. I, I don't, you know... I feel like he's gonna have hurt ribs for like the entire year, uh, honestly. Because <laughs> like, just... I think they're still hurting. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's okay, if you hit him in the ribs with a sledgehammer, we can shake hands afterwards. I respect you, brother. I respect <laughs> you.
3: Well, it's probably because he no longer feels anything in his ribs. That's more just like, oh, that tickled. Thanks, H. But no, <laughs> the power Also, moment. I think it's cool. The that game made me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's neat is is this is uh they mentioned this is sting's first appearance since april which i think it's only may so it's like he's he's been gone for a few weeks folks uh but i am such a sting fan but this is also my first appearance on the podcast since april that's right uh i think that's great i was like yes i'll be just like my hero and not show up only i was the 400 pound man who broke my own ribs so
1: so we finally you know, we get through this. We go to Jesse and Jr. at ringside, uh, where Jr. goes over the war games rules. But thankfully, Gary Michael Capetta will break out like his big notepad of all the rules later, um, in case you have no idea what's going on. Jesse, you know, has he he reiterates that he actually went to war in 1969. So in case you didn't know, you know once again that Jesse Ventura is a vet. He's seen a real war game, so there we go. And that leads and us. And he was in Predator, <laughs> right? We did <do>. right.
3: <laughs> and he had dinner with Matthew Broderick two nights ago, so he is already working. This is quite a life.
1: I hope Jesse was driving.
3: <laughs> oh,
2: stunner, stunner! <laughs>
3: wow. <laughs> Jeff Hardy and Matthew Broderick walk into a bar. Oh, the God. End. who calls, calls the Brankham's Uber first?
1: On? The trick is, <laughs> the trick answer is nobody. Um, oh, all right. So that leads us to our our first match. It's a fabulous Freebirds taking on the electrifying combination of the Taylor Made Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine, who are the U.S. Tag Team Champions. Jason, welcome back to the podcast, and take it away, sir. Yes, it's the
3: anti-New Blood match to kick off our first one back. Three of the biggest uh, pains in our asses this season, and then the addition of Greg Game Face, the Hammer Valentine, um, when I put that out there, because I don't know what's going through his mind, but that does not look like a Game Face, Jim Ross brings up uh, lots of times. Well, before I get started on the match, I want to shout out to all the folks that are in formal attire going to an event called War Games uh, and WrestleWar. There's a lot of them. It's kind of interesting. I didn't know if they... Oh, another night at the opera. Fantastic. Did you bring your glasses? Um, Jesse tells us that he knows a thing or two about war, but he doesn't know shit about pocket squares and probably pisses off the formal attire people as he grabs... Jim Russell, that's a nice polka dot tie you've got in your pocket. A polka dot tie he has in his pocket. Is that in case? Is that like a backup in case his red bow tie pops off or something? Shut the fuck up, Jesse.
1: Man, you're coming out hot. I don't Jay. know what it is. You're coming out hot. I'm not a, well, I'm not.
3: I'm not a fan of. I mean, like, Ventura in the WCW so far. Like we, I, you know, he gets there at some points, but man, he's more of a pain in the ass uh, than Jr. At sometimes, but. You know, it's, mm. <laughs> we're gonna mm. talk about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe. There, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, but I also want to know is all right. So William, this right off the bat, I got a question for you as an eagle-eyed editor of of films and other things. Did you notice that when the T T M M, that's the Taylor Made Man, comes out, he's wearing a smoking jacket? Uh, his white shirt, a red bow tie as well, and all this is tucked into his tag team championship belt. By the time he and Greg the Hammer get into the ring, uh, it cuts to the crowd for just a few seconds of booze. Cuts back. He is now wearing the smoking jacket with no undershirt or bow tie, takes off the smoking jacket, and the belt is there. Um, so I don't know, is it—is it bad editing or is did the tailor-made man, within a matter of seconds, take off a smoking jacket, unbutton a white shirt, remove a bow tie, untuck it from a belt, and then put the belt back on, put the smoking jacket over it? It was very distraught for me. I couldn't tell. Um, but I, I'm going to tell you, as much as we hate these people, these are as good as the notes get, but there's like a shit ton of notes for some reason. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I have two and a half pages of notes on this match. I think it's because... I haven't taken notes in a while. Can please not go through all uh, of them? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. I, I've highlighted some ones that are going to be important here, and I'm sorry I've moved <laughs> a little closer so that I can get into this. But here's something that's very important. Uh, Jim Ross makes the comment that these two teams are veteran teams and will make very few mistakes. The first thing that is not a three-birds pose down is, uh, Comes in when the tailor-made man and Valentine make a mistake by running into each other two, two minutes into the match. Michael Hayes rolls up Valentine while the tailor-made man is still in the ring. And the tailor-made man does not try to break up the pin. In fact, he tries to leave the ring, making two mistakes within a few seconds. All right. Uh, good veteran teams here. The comment Valentine is the master of the figure four leg lock just like every wrestler in 1992 <laughs> seems to be. Um, but
1: he's not better than Bushwhacker like Lo- Luke. Bushwhacker Luke puts on a mean figure four. Oh, I bet yeah, he, does. he does it
2: the weird Shawn Michaels way. So you better <laughs> look out. No.
3: at least he doesn't do it the Miz way. Um, no. The wrong way.
4: way. <laughs> <laughs> what am, I,
2: do- what am I doing? here? here? <laughs> Wait a minute! Woo! <laughs>
3: But uh, how many matches have face teams lost over the years because the referee does not see the tag? And yet the Freebirds don't tag and just come right on in, and they're supposed to be the good guys this match, I guess. Uh, but I don't, I don't get this match. There's a lot of weird stuff because, again, Greg the Hammer Valentine is master of the figure four leg lock, but he's working the upper body the entire time with the exception of, like, one backbreaker and then goes to put the figure four leg lock in 11 minutes into this match in which Jesse Ventura and Jim Ross both agree is too soon. No, it is not too soon. Uh, I just, I don't know. This match is not how I would kick off an event with war games, even though the crowd is freaking hot for the Freebirds. Uh, even though they don't know the difference between Led Zeppelin and Leonard Skinner. Oh, way that's,
1: you're stepping all over the next segment, sir. But uh, I mean, all in all, the crowd, the crowd gets the DDT. The
3: freebirds get the U.S. Tag Team Champion, and a match that was so long that it had two hot
1: tags. I give this a three. Ooh, that high, huh? All right, Charlie, what'd you think, pal? Well, you know, I was really excited to come back
2: <laughs> and do, do this show, and you know, I'll be honest, you know, not to bury the lead, but they're like they're still the same hip hop and jackasses when they come to the ring and the crowd just, Oh, well mm, they're fighting guys. We don't like, we like them. I, I, I really, I, I don't like that. And of course, like <laughs> with Greg Valentine and, and Terry Taylor, uh, boy, that's when I knew we were back. I was like, Oh, here we go. Um, so this is another one of those WCW pay-per-views where there's two rings and they're, and they're going to alternate between the two rings and they don't really know where to put the fucking camera. Uh, and, in this first match, I swear it looked like I was like look, looking at a real live action like fire pro wrestling match, because the hard cam was like aimed at like the turnbuckle for for like the first little bit, and I think it's only in this match because I never really noticed it again. Um, my favorite part of the match by far is Greg Valentine Goldberging himself into the corner, uh, and. <laughs> They, like that was that I got a lot of enjoyment out of that um the stupidest the stupidest freaking spot the whole thing so the free birds they completely kind of ruin the psychology of the quick tagging uh, because they keep doing this quick tagging and then ar- and then right into an arm bar quick tag arm bar quick how is this not wearing these bastards out like because they do it like 10 or 15 times and like like within about a two minute span and it's just like, oh, this is great wrestling, JR. And, and this they, is, you know, keeping the fresh man in. Like, there's no way you can be fresh if you're in every five seconds. Um, this match has, it's bad enough to have one
1: hot tag during this thing, but two? Like, this is a long match. How, how hot are they, really? Do we really well, need, we, I hate calling them that, because they don't seem very hot at all. Stairway
2: to hell, you know. <laughs> hey. I'll bury that one too. <laughs> yeah, that's the next segment. So so J- Jimmy Jam like goes let's just get to the finish. Jimmy Jam g- g- gets 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 old TT t ready for the DDT and <laughs> it's DDTMM M-M to you sir. <laughs> Greg Valentine comes in and I swear to god, it's not even a backdrop. He just clears him. <laughs> he just jumps right over him. Like, "Pardon me." <laughs> just and just leaps over Jimmy Jam Garvin, and Garvin just kind of motions like, "Yeah, yeah, back body drop." You've seen it. <laughs> and, like, like it's a bullshit spot. And then, and then he just drops Terry Taylor. And, and he, like, keep in mind, this whole time he's holding Terry Taylor like for for like four or five seconds, and Taylor's just standing there and just like, "Are we doing this? Are you gonna do it?" All right, there goes hammer. Okay, DDT, perfect. Yeah, I'll lay for that. And it's a three uh, it's, I mean, it's not a, it's not a bad match. Cause I mean, clearly I got a lot of entertainment out of it, but um, you know, I'm really longing for the days of uh, super crazy to Jerry and little Guido right now. Uh, because <laughs> this is, the, this is the WCW's version of that. And it just never changes. Like I, I want to see the Steiner brothers just eat the free birds. <laughs> well, like, as we'll see later, uh, like, 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 why, why do the freebirds have to keep fighting the same two fucking guys, or, or, or Terry Taylor and somebody else? And God, damn it! Anyway, uh, I gave this a five. Whoa! What?
1: Whoa! That, wow! Man, after all I guess... that, I mean that 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 was set up for like a two. That was set Are up. Are you not entertained? <laughs> like
2: I was, like to see Greg Valentine just getting that paycheck
1: i mean i i get where you're coming from like i understand your five like in the context of what you're saying but it was funny like your whole build-up and then it ends with a five really comes out of nowhere
2: (laughs) i mean at least it didn't just lay there and not do anything you know
1: (laughs) what do you think of this match all right so i think jesse like he can he inadvertently like referred to Terry Taylor with a better gimmick, the one they should have been doing all along, because Taylor made is like a huge golf brand. Like, he, he, it would have been perfect for right. him to be a golf pro. And he calls Ooh. his move the five iron, which I'm like, that's not what it is, but. <laughs> but. Right. But it was but, like, but, I thought it
3: was the five arm not it is. the five iron, because it's right. one better right.
1: than no, a four no, arm.
2: That's a really good call. You could take the most boring wrestler and the most boring sport. And it would just be a magnificent combination. His but, name. You, but
1: at least yeah. it's a gimmick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if I mean, like it's hilarious, like how. And and maybe I'm, I don't know how long the Taylor Made golf brand has been around, but that would have been perfect. But anyway, um, the, the I, I swear there must have been something in the contract, or there must have been a bet somewhere that they couldn't do that they would do more than ten tags in the match. Is the <laughs> only reason why they did it because it drove me nuts. And this is I. This needs to be said now because you guys have hit on it, and I think it's true. Whenever people talk about, oh, I miss old school wrestling where they worked the a body part. All right. More than half the time when wrestlers are working a body part, it amounts to nothing in the finish. At all. Right. Like, it doesn't mean anything. I kind of think it's bullshit. And there, there's only been like a few really good times where working the body part has helped do something. So a good example is like if you're wrestling Stan Hansen, what body part are you going to work? The belly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Actually,
2: uh, I'm just gonna the balls and see what that did, because like, th- there's no way you're getting that man down by normal means.
3: So. I know, I know, but like, <laughs> I it, just <laughs> go for it. I'd go for his
1: eyes. He's already blind okay. anyway. But like, like I'd feed I'm, him a salad. Where i what I'm getting at is his lariat. Like he hits you with that arm, so you. Oh, work, you're right. You're right. You work his arm, mm-hmm. and so by the end of the match, if he pulls it off. You could do a kick out because then it could be like his arm is hurt. He can't do it as good as he was. He he would normally do it. So it actually it feeds the commentators. It makes it a better story. It's it means something. They were Greg Valentine's arm, and it's like it, I, I don't think the hammers got it anymore, folks. So I don't think we really need to fear the electrifying writer left. You know, attack of Greg the Hammer Valentine, who really does look like I'm just here to collect three bills after the match and go to the strip My club. Back
4: body drop myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he, rhythm and blues was a long time ago. Yeah, oh, wait, that, has I that just
3: happened yet? yeah,
1: all yeah. that yeah. all that work they're doing is just nonsense. And I swear, like I I was so like, what does it mean? Like, and and this maybe this kind of works with Jake as well, but it's like. How does people chanting for your move get you pumped up to get, like, motivated to get out of a hold? That, I don't understand that motivation. Like, if Charlie's on the ground in a headlock and they start chanting Charlie, okay, or Stabile, whatever, they chant your that's name. That's me! All right, yes. that, that that logically will get you hyped up to break out of the hold. But if they start chanting like, uh, if they start chanting Shem Creek Inn, Shem Creek Inn, that's not, <laughs> what what's that going to do? I didn't mean to out your work there, by the way. I'm so sorry. I can cut that out, but that's okay. I'm just saying, like, like when you cheer for something that's just associated with the person, like, what does that do? What is like? How does that motivate you? I don't get that.
3: I just well, don't... especially because every wrestler has a fucking DDT. I mean, they, I think people just want the DDT. They don't care who does it to who. They'd rather do it because to themselves, you're going to see too. you're going to
1: see thirty of them late throughout the rest of the night. Yeah, yes. and you'll even see one wrestler do it to himself. <laughs> Any, all right. I'm sorry. I've gone on far too long. Um, I, I, I it's because it's a freebirds. I give it a two. I totally get Charlie's five. I understand it, but I just I I didn't get that much entertainment out of it. But I could see where you could. I totally can. I and the crowd being into it is a mystery to me. Okay. Well, this is the formal war games. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the <laughs> it's the we can get your mimosas on the at the intermission. <laughs> Pick some up, Jacks, Jacksonville Mimosas, just like sun-kissed and Miller Light, all mixed together. <laughs> oh god! All right, so once again, Eric and Tony doing their usual, just kind of banter, tongue through the finish, and then we're immediately segueing into, "Hey, it's Johnny B. Bad and Young Pistol Tracy." You know, uh, I forget which one makes the call if it's Eric or Tony. They're like, you know, Johnny B. Bad would be in line for a big title shot if he beats Tracy. It's like, what? what What? like what kind of nonsense is this like beating Tracy Smothers is a big feather in your cap where like the committee's like hey whoa uh, have you guys been seeing what Bad's doing lately he uh, took out Tracy Smothers Uh, I think he maybe do it's like Uh sure sure but anyway Charlie that leads us to our um, our next match here it is young pistol Tracy from Wyoming still I don't know if that's still the call but he's taking on Johnny B Bad So uh,
2: this is the first Jesse uh, quote I put down. Um, A man who wouldn't mind being a bridesmaid. I I don't think he understands the Johnny B. Bad character. I don't think he, I don't think, I mean, I know what he thinks it is. I never saw Johnny B. Bad that way. Uh, He was just flamboyant, I guess. Uh, And that's not the only weird call Ventura will make tonight. What is up with Tracy Smothers thinking he's the fucking karate kid? <laughs> this is a, this goes back to that Jake Roberts podcast. Why are you doing this? Like th- <laughs> like this doesn't make any sense as a character. This is like I don't know, Yokozuna doing a somersault plancha. You know. <laughs> it makes just as much be sense impressive to me. Although far more implausible, (laughs) because Tracy Smothers he keeps doing these. I mean, at first they're karate kicks and then they're martial arts kicks, but really, like I believe they're Uh nothing more than enziguris. (laughs) Right, right. And he just keeps doing them, and and it's either like an enziguri or it's a one foot drop kick. Yeah, because he can't get his feet together. But it just it just does not go with the gimmick, and and. And it's not like he he does like martial arts moves with his hands. It's just that foot. So I don't I don't like this. I don't understand why he does it. Um, I do like the name of Johnny B. Bad's uh, finishing move, the kiss that don't miss, uh, which is just a straight up you know WMD from Johnny <laughs> B. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I forget. You know, I remember the Mark Marrow Marvelous Mark Merrow gimmick and stuff. I forget that that he. He kind of had a little bit of that with Johnny B. Bad with his golden gloves thing. Yeah. Um, Jesse is not a fan of the kiss don't miss, um, claiming that it's a closed fist, which he's got a great point. Uh, I really like that. But it gets the job done anyway.
1: Um, I wasn't nearly as entertained by this. I gave this a four. Okay, Jason, what'd you think?
3: Man, I'm just like you, I'm confused. How beating Tracy Smothers puts Johnny B. Badd in line for a title shot, especially like, the light
1: heavyweight title. Like neither one of
3: these guys look light, at all. Like no, they, but they, it's, no. But also, the current light heavyweight champion is a former nose tackle. So let's not. What a dumb conversation on, that is. Let's not focus <laughs> on that. Uh, it would be different if they said, being that he is, you know, new to being a singles competitor, if Tracy Smothers beats B. Johnny B. Bad then there's some contention. Because at least then it's like, oh, yeah, here's this guy who's kind of moving into a new division. But uh, yeah, J.C. Ventura quotes his famous line from Predator, I ain't got time to be PC, as he just constantly throws all sorts of horrible, horrible things about Johnny B. Bad. One of them, Charlie, I think you said that. Another thing he says later is uh, he goes for a roll-up on Tracy Smothers, and Smothers is like, oh, he's grabbing my tights, he's grabbing my tights, which he didn't. And they do the whole... Johnny B. Bad's asking the crowd, "Did I grab his tights?" Uh, thing and the refs like looking at the crowd, like, "Yeah, I can trust you guys."
1: I'm um, <laughs> terrible it's, at my it's job. It's, it's my, my favorite is. thing yeah. in wrestling is the ref looking to the crowd for help. <laughs>
3: Well, right. what you, well, well, What do you think? Yeah, I mean well, what did Jesse say? Does he well, say Jesse something? Well, Jesse just yes. Jesse says something. He goes, because uh, Jim Ross goes, yeah. I'd, I, don't think I saw him going for the tights. He goes, well, the ref didn't see it, but maybe he just knew he felt Johnny B. Bad's hand back there. <laughs> uh, so you know, it's it's this. But uh, I, the thing is, is what's great is both the Undertaker and Finn Balor have given Johnny B. Bad notes to kind of tighten up his entrance. Because it runs a little long, uh, because it's like he goes
1: through like two costume changes yes, on his th- way down. I had this note. I was like, Johnny B. Bad has transitional entrance attire, which is uh, uh, it's new ground. I've never seen a wrestler have transitional entrance attire. Like, don't get me wrong, I think it's awesome.
3: It's just like a little weird that you know you're transitional. You're going to go this big entrance against <clears throat> Young Pistol Tracy Smother. Uh, and I took the S off Smothers, too, because there's only one of him. But, yeah, Ventura is all over Johnny B. Bad's fist, like, the whole night. And yet, yet there is a close-up shot where Johnny B. Bad, best pure striker in the business, is going off on Tracy Smothers with body blows into the corner right on camera. Jesse doesn't say a word about the close fist. Not one fucking word. Uh, Ventura does come back around though to admonishing him just as the finish and the prom committee loves Johnny B. Bad getting the win. I gave this a three.
1: Real quick, Ooh. is it during this match or the one before where like there's this awkward cut to the crowd and there's this pretty attractive lady who looks really concerned about why she's there? And then it moves like down like two people to where like this Amy Klobuchar looking lady is like yeah I love fucking Morgan. <laughs> <Like
3: she's like, laughs> That's I'm thinking I'm thinking some people if you remember the 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 film from the uh, kind of mid '90s Judgment Night with Dennis Leary oh, oh, I love I, it I think some of the people in the front row got off the wrong exit on the freeway <laughs> and round up here
1: at war games. Well, our uh, car broke down and they were, possibly, they were giving out tickets. so possibly <laughs> and this will lead in my first note here is Possibly they thought they were going to a male strip club because they're ready to pay Johnny B. Bad, which I'm like, dude, why don't you save your money? I'm sure there's a good joint right around the Memorial Coliseum. You can get a real dong in your face for, five, oh, yeah. for
2: the five that,
1: bucks.
3: Is that the name of it? Is that the real of it? dong. Real dong in your face.
2: <laughs> I'm sure somebody's hand was back there.
1: <laughs> um, Tanks are us i mean you guys have hit on the notes you guys have hit on pretty much the, the majority of the stuff here the only thing i'm going to say that like i really applauded was johnny b Bad finally hit the top rope sunset flip finally hit it yes, yes um,
3: oh i missed
1: that yeah, he finally it's it looks beautiful and i i don't know who to credit on it but i'll give him the credit by default um, it's really the only reason I ended up giving it a four, because I was like, hey, good for you, man. You you finally hit your thing. Jesse's completely right, and JR has no answer for the left hand being a closed fist. He has absolutely no answer for it whatsoever, which JR's typical way to get out of these awkward situations is just to move on without saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But, More um, of that to come. But the good thing is this was short. I think it was only around like seven minutes, which was perfect. This was a perfect way to, you know, it, these... I, I don't think any of these first three or four matches are really anything worthwhile for the most part. But it, it, if it's at least short, cool, you're, you're fine. So um oh my rating I gave it a four. Did everyone give their ratings. Are we good? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Here yeah. we go. So we go backstage and it's Missy with the. F- we needed we needed to give these we're not guys done. Some, We're not done. This is. <laughs> i all right, I don't know. I think the Tom Zink promo is my favorite of all time, but this is not far off. But uh, this is this is hilarious. So, Missy's with the Freebirds. Now, they don't say who this lady is at first. Now, diehard fans probably picked it off right off the bat because it's been a bit since I watched the shows. I was like, who is this? And why are they saying like they're the secret of their success? The problem is, new fans, if you're a new fan and this was your first show, you'd have no idea who this person is because they weren't at ringside it's they were thankfully i think it's tony or somebody picks it up later and says yeah that was precious for all of you at home basically who had no idea but they point to her they talk about how she you know is the secret behind their success garvin garvin commentates their win he it's like he does his own replay for you to recap what you just saw thank god um, michael p s hayes is uh well he's awful uh, I want um, to,
2: he he's on drugs too. <laughs> Like I want the coke. <laughs> it's not I even mean, coke. This is like, it's just like this is like Joker <laughs> invading the art gallery in Batman '89. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? New king in town. Bad like, 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 yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Can you imagine? He just walks up. There's a freak. <laughs> He's, He's like the arc it's it's go ahead Garvin Carly, hit my song and it's like, and it's bad street as you go. they walk up and it's there's the there's the picture of the dogs playing poker and right before a guy goes to town the razor blade goes no leave that one alone
1: <laughs> I kind of like this one
3: yeah <laughs> but hey
1: hayes like he goes for the cheap home top pops um quoting you know or or not quoting but you know he's talking about ronnie van zandt leonard skinnard um which you do hear about this
2: one's for ronnie van zandt yeah who died
1: 14 years ago i know like it's like we this this win over terry taylor and greg valentine is dedicated in memory to a guitar he thanks you he thanks you yeah (laughs) and then then
3: he gives you credit for a song you didn't write. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. That's, okay, so yes. He, Southern rock and roll, Led Zeppelin, <laughs> the, the voice of the South. Plant <laughs> From Mobile, Alabama. Because <laughs> everyone
1: knows folks from the South love lyrics about Tolkien novels in their rock and roll. So we can go ahead and say it. We can, This we can go ahead and pretty much do now. Jesse eats this instantly, just like, <laughs> Just buries this promo. And he's, I love that the line was like, I don't think they understand their music. They don't, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Red, like, red he completely... neck, red neck rock,
3: <laughs> redneck rock. Redneck
1: <laughs> rock. He just yeah he and just Jim ross
3: goes they said southern rocky because yeah that's what i said redneck rocky. <laughs> that's what
1: i said uh, <laughs> the only other thing that's worthwhile mentioning here is it's the first mention of an upcoming nwa world tag team title tournament that's going to be coming up which i mean jesus did we need another tag belt i assume that the u.s tag belts are probably on the way out if we're bringing in an nwa world title belt but i we, we'll see but we get the mention of it here um as Can said, we talk about that, that weird comment Bischoff made? <clears throat> sure, sure, sure. Bischoff Which uh, one? makes... Well,
2: he says this... I don't know what, what his uh, basis for this was, but he
1: says that the 90s are PC-charged. Oh, yes. This is you when catch I... that? Yes, okay, because I this is where I wrote... This is where Eric Bischoff time-traveled from 2019. Yeah, this is it. And, yeah, because he mentions... Doesn't he mention, like, equality between men and women? Like, it, it just doesn't... I well, don't that's know.
2: usually what it comes down to.
1: But I don't think... <laughs> I don't
2: think...
3: It, is it? Had... It's, <laughs> Go ahead, it's the It's the line he says is behind every successful man is an equally or more successful woman
1: and then looks into oh, the camera well. like, get that's me not... laid, ladies. Like... <laughs> <laughs> He does the, Kurt, oh, Charlie, he does the Kurt Russell from Big Trouble in Little China, the, oh, the, yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, because it's like, I, I kind of remember this thing with the 90s, like, uh, it wasn't PC, but it was just such a weird thing to hear, because honestly, like, the one thing that popped in my head was <laughs> that part in fucking Father of the Bride, where Martin Short says basically the same thing but he mispronounces his name when he says welcome to the 90s Mr. Bonks Uh, (laughs) that was like the first thing I thought of when he
1: said that (laughs) what a weird dig that is so good. Good <laughs> good, my good goodbye, my <laughs> goodbye my friend. Goodbye oh, no. my
4: friend.
3: No, no. We're already trying out new technology that's like K- kick out Mr. Box. K- kick, kick
2: kick out kick out Mr. Box. <laughs> oh, goodbye my friend. See you next
3: Thursday.
1: <laughs> oh man. Um, the one th- so what I will say about Bischoff here, he actually inadvertently, because I don't know if this was intentional because this is all just filler, he's talking about the next match, and he talks about the you know, the honeymoon period with Marcus Alexander Bagel is over with. Like he was the rookie of the year in ninety-one, but now he's gotta prove himself. And this is real I I think this is actually really good. And it helps set up the match, and I think it feeds into the well into the finish of the next match. Um again, I don't know if this was truly intentional, but it definitely set up something that'd be fairly interesting in this undercard and that does lead us into our next match it's it's pretty much gimmick versus gimmick from the face and heel side it's it's marcus alexander bagel taking on scotty flamingo all right it's we 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 have raven on the podcast so um my first note here i just wanted to before i really dive into the match jesse calls jr a draft dodger and jr quickly moves on (laughs) <laughs> yeah i was in high school oh that's how you dodged the draft you
3: went in high school pretended you were a younger age like whoa <laughs> jesus um, at least he didn't shit his pants
1: <laughs> well, i again more guys that are talked about being these legit light heavyweights and i'm like they that bagel looks huge compared to brian pill right I, I don't see it I, no. I agree. <clears throat> uh, but anyway, but the match itself, like, I give them credit for this. They tried to do something different to start off with. Like, those the slap exchanges, I was like, okay. I mean, it's usually bullshit in a match. like, But I at least liked it because I was like, okay, you're doing something a little bit different than the previous two matches. And I get it, you're the pretty boy face, pretty boy heel, you know, going toe-to-toe with each other. I like that Ventura kind of, like, leans into it a little bit as well. But very quickly, like after like this pretty hot start, this match fades quickly. Like it's I don't know if it's they're running out of gas or what, or if it's one of them or both. But this thing just kind of slows down to a a screeching halt, and the finish kind of caught me off guard. I thought it was cool to see Flamingo pick up the win with the roll up holding the tights after. I guess what was the name of Bagel's finisher? Was the Golden Boy? Was the Golden Child? The Golden. Yellow, yellow jacket. The yellow jacket. That's it. I
2: like that. The yellow jacket. But
3: the golden
1: child. That's much I, I, I want the match, please. <laughs> um. So yeah. The um. There's a. Oh, we should mention. There's another ju- quote-unquote judgment call in the match. You know. Thank God we still have judgment calls that JR calls out. That. Well, that's that's a judgment call by the referee. Uh. I don't know about that. Oh, one. the
2: over-the-top ropes. Yes.
1: Thing? Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, I don't even write it anymore. I'm just like, you know what? Sometimes it's a rule, sometimes it's not. <laughs> um, You've seen it.
1: But what I liked about what I liked about the I'm saying, all right, so I'm going to say I, what I liked about the finish. I'm not saying this is outstanding. But what I liked about it was it's like, okay, yeah, Bagwell gets gets tricked out in the end here and it ties back into what Bischoff said. It's like he's under a lot of pressure to deliver, you know, in 92 based off of how he did in 91. And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. The match isn't that great though. I still only gave the match a four. Like, I don't think it's that spectacular, but um, it does make me curious about where, you know, what, what they do with Scotty Flamingo. And I I mean, I I'm putting way too much emphasis on this, but it'd be interesting to see if, if something comes of how, or something comes of this loss for bagel and how they actually deal with it. So that's where I'm at with it. Jason, what'd you think? Three. Okay. Very nice, oh, Charlie. Sorry, oh, it's, it's, sorry. A bag a bunch, it's a bagel,
3: uh, but it's, it's no. It's because I mean, like almost beat for beat, you and I have the exact same notes on this match. The only difference is I have is is Jesse calling out why do why do wrestlers ask the fans if they should do a move? <laughs> what <laughs> are they going to do if the fans say don't do it? It's a great. Call. This is
2: exactly <laughs> something that I that I have said before.
3: And, right.
2: Yeah, that was such a good call because it was like, yeah, what if they say no? Well, well, shit.
3: <laughs> just- right. Well, I guess I guess you don't want your DDT and ice cream, do you? <laughs> uh, no, but. But I you know that's it. Like, it's all that other than my just quote the flamingo nevermore. I mean, we're <laughs> it's just a three. I mean, that's pretty good. I,
2: I love that. that. That is awesome. what the flamingo.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, that's great. Well done, sir. All right. What'd you give it, Jason? You gave it a three? I gave it a three, yes. Wow. Well done. Three
2: matches, all rated
1: three. But... <laughs> yes. One oh, day. God. One day. You'll see. One day. I'm going to start a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the best. All right. Charlie, what'd
2: you think of this one? I think you guys would be a little too hard on this stuff. <laughs> now, granted. Here Here it comes. I, I only have two notes, but I did enjoy this match. I gave it a six.
3: Wow.
1: I feel like you're ribbing us.
2: I'm not. I'm really not. I actually I really enjo- I I enjoy this.
3: I need you to have your Skype mess up again so it auto defaults to video, and I need you to show us the six. <laughs> show us <laughs> I'm the evidence. We can
2: grab it later. I'm serious. Like, I, I, I didn't really hate anything about it. I actually liked the finish. You got. <laughs> F- Flamingo, I hate calling him that, but I mean, he held the tights, and it was—I thought it was a- a- effective. And I honestly couldn't tell you any other fucking thing from the match that I remember. But uh, I mean, I must have liked it because, uh, or at <laughs> least now he's it. doubting himself. He's doubting himself. <laughs> well, <own> well, <laughs> well, it is a little weird that I literally have slap fight as the first note, and then the second note is that quote that Jesse said, and then that's it. And and <clears throat> six out of ten. Um.
1: Oh, sorry. Sorry.
2: I was just saying, like, uh, I think it's more that I can't think of anything about it that I didn't like. Although, of course, like, so what was the yellow jacket, right? Yeah. So this is the kind of shit that, um, I mean, maybe it makes sense because he's a new wrestler. But it always just kind of bothered me whenever a wrestler does one of these moves and they're right next to the ropes. Yeah. You know, it's like you could easily just pivot. And then you'd have him right in the middle of the ring. We right. do it in the in the old No Mercy games all the time, you know. So it like that kind of gets on my nerves. But he's new, right? Uh, but but he's also a superstar of the or, or rookie of the year or whatever, which is funny because he does kind of look like Thomas Ian Nichols from a certain
1: perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I just wanted to say, like, what always makes me laugh is, like, in a comment section, somebody states something, somebody counters with it, and the other person's like, no, it's not, and the other person's like, yeah, it is. He's like, "Uh, show me the evidence. Show me the evidence. Show me the link. I want to see the link. Like, it becomes like a courtroom scene in a movie where, like, we have to provide evidence for our opinions, and it's like, whoa. (laughs)
2: Whoa. Dude, Facebook lawyers are my favorite. (laughs) They got their law degree from Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. there. Like no, and no. it's usually oh, oh it gets better. There's one there's one you left out. Um when they say show me the evidence and then somebody actually like tries to entertain this and they show the evidence and and then they go, Oh no 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 no. This was this was after he 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 got into office. Show me something from the nineties.
1: <laughs> no. And it's like you know, usually it's like... like it's like salon dot com or something like you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, it's... Salon. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like it's not like it's not like a real oh it's a reputable source of course absolutely (laughs) yeah i mean buzzfeed (laughs) i mean yeah again not to get sidetracked but it just made me think of when people are so demanding like they're like they're doing a like it's a subpoena and they're and they're being like questioned under oath about their opinion it's like whoa whoa man all right that's why i
2: buried that one guy i I think you you texted me about when i was like he he like challenged me on something and I was like dude you're gonna die alone (laughs) (laughs) you just gotta go for the gut (laughs) you're gonna be buried with all your worthless comics
3: (laughs) some kind of trailer park pharaoh
2: I think about that that incident sometimes (laughs) (laughs) I reflect on that from uh, time to time (laughs) I do reflect on it if I had a beard I'd stroke it
1: Uh, (laughs) gross oh
3: yeah
0: my hands my
1: hands (laughs) (laughs) we get a we get our beach blast promo that feels so 90s it's so joyous to watch this beach blast promo because it really does like feel so dated perfectly um I actually love the
2: logo, like it's oh, a, yeah. I didn't notice it until the second uh, time they promoted it, but the wave is actually like a muscle or like an arm flexing. It's cool.
1: yeah, it's yeah, pretty well done. I yeah.
2: really liked it.
3: Um, and they G- used the term beachin, which is
2: amazing. <laughs> I also like the the fact that they're using Jaws Two's original teaser trailer as the uh, <laughs> as the, as the basis yeah. for
1: for the promo. JR and Jesse talk through JYD and Ron Simmons forming a tag team match for their match um, in this upcoming bout against Cactus and Mister Hughes. Uh, based on, so it's based on the events of Super Bowl where we joked about like <laughs> Usher, uh, Usher Junkyard Dog comes out of the crowd to save Ron Simmons. It's the pop of the night when he enters and just starts headbutting everybody. What threw me off it was like, why isn't this Cactus and Abdullah? But maybe there was a problem getting Abdullah for this show but regardless it sets up our next match it's Cactus Jack and his bodyguard Mr. Hughes taking on the electrifying combination of Ron Simmons and the Junkyard Dog so uh, Jason we're back up top with you bud
3: that's right oh, we got the uh, electrifying combination of Junkyard Doom I think Charlie that's just realized what about.
1: his next match is
0: yeah I did <laughs> <laughs> I thought,
3: there's That's, no way you're... Was. you're... Oh, I was
2: like, well, where does that leave me? Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs>
3: That's right. Well, better better you this. than me, bud. I've missed uh, this so much. Go, so, <laughs> so, Cactus Jack becomes the first ever wrestler to go... You know, I'm going to sneak attack my opponent, but I came out first. I'm just going to go to the back... The other way, <laughs> and the best part is Gary Michael Capetta, when he realizes that Cactus Jack is attacking uh, Junkyard. I think it's Junkyard Dog. I don't know which one it is, uh, just because the, I'm laughing so hard at it. It's just, from Warner Robins, Georgia, 278 pounds, the all- ama- Oh! <laughs> thing. <It's> like, <mid-day. laughs> like I like it because it's like he recognizes something's up, and so- uh, it's just, but this, but this—I don't like that, that the way that Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura change how they refer to people and their shorthand during it. Because Jim Ross keeps saying the junkyard dog, is, and JY JY is it like is his name JY Dog? I mean, you call him the dog, you call it JYD, not short enough. Like, I'm just... I, I don't know. And they make out, like, that this ramp is made out of adamantium or some shit, that it just shattered Junkyard Dog's ribs uh, when Cactus Jack threw him into it. And they at least point out how fucking insane Cactus Jack is to jump off, like, five feet onto concrete with no pads and land onto something. So they do give him some kind of credit. Uh, so the, the, mat, the, the promo, while we're still trying to figure out what's going to go on with Cactus Jack, just, like, right up on him going, I'm proud. I'm very proud. Just, like, cracked me the fuck up. Uh, Because it's in between his loud screeching uh, for Ron Simmons, which I'm not going to do that screech. Thank Uh, you. Right, right. Uh, They do a good job, though, of making Ron Simmons feel like a big deal again. Because it always feels like like he's built up for, like, a show. And then, like, he dwindles down. And then, like, it's time to start building Ron up. Uh, Because when he, like, just knocks down two dudes the size of Cactus Jack and Mr. Hughes, uh, just... It, it, but, you know, then Jesse Ventura, which I gave him some shit, does come to our aid with making fun of Jim Ross's constant football references by going, where did Cactus Jack play defensive line? Which I think is an awesome joke. <laughs> uh, uh, and and then Jesse doubles down on this because he starts bad-mouthing the Boomer Sooners and Bill Watts. <laughs> and the, <laughs> he did. Jim Ross just sits there. Cause he said, cause Jesse's asking, <clears throat> why is this still a match or why is it still, why is it not a, a handicap match or a two on one tag or whatever? And who says it's a match? And he keeps going, who, who? And Jim Ross just goes, the chief of officials. And I was so hoping Jesse Ventura would go, well, who's that? <laughs> just, but he doesn't. I think Jim Ross just shoots him a look to like, Hey man, cut it out. Uh, But it's neat that Ron Simmons is such a powerful, powerful man that he can knock you out by hitting you in the knee uh, because he goes for that three-point stance on Mr. Hughes, cracks him right across the kneecap. Mr. Hughes is down for the count, but I gave this thing a four.
1: Okay. All right, Charlie, what would you think, man? Uh, Well, you said four, Jason?
3: I said four.
2: Okay. I was really excited uh, at first, and, I tell you, Cactus Jack's a wily one, isn't he? (laughs) The way he just disappears and comes back, and it just surprises everybody. And, yeah, like, to see Junkyard Dog get taken out like that, I mean, really? Like, if this was, like, during the match, would this have been a three count? Like, I mean, yeah, it is (laughs) dangerous that Cactus Jack... That's one thing that always kills me when they... Like, for some reason, a lot of moves that we might think are impactful, but but not, like, career-threatening a lot of these basic moves are way more powerful before the bell rings or after the bell rings. You know, it's, it's yeah. it's like, like some guy will get taken out by a chair if he's coming to the ring. And it's like, well, what if, if he got hit with the chair while the match was going on, I'm sure he would be fine. But there's just something about before the bell rings that a, a move, like an elbow drop is just, Oh, that's, that's cancer basically. And, <laughs> like, like it, I just think it's dumb, you know. It, I mean, there's got to be a better way.
1: Sounds like somebody's got a warrior award coming. <laughs> oh, man, just, don't. Uh...
3: We we've got some bad news. All I'll these save the elbow drops and give you the cancer.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll save my real elbow drop for after we get off the air, because uh, <laughs> it'll be pretty impactful on that topic. But anyway, I just was I felt just kind of cheated. like not seeing junkyard dog Um, you're like okay so Cactus Jack you know I'm getting a little tired of him I'm getting a little tired of Mick Foley in general Uh, after he gets back up on the ramp um, this is literally how it looked to me Ron Simmons runs up to Cactus Jack and then Cactus Jack takes one step and back body drops himself (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm, i know
1: i just i just had to recall it and i know you're talking about jack doesn't
2: run to ron simmons and gets backdrop then simmons runs to him and then jack just takes one step forward and fuck it and just back body drops himself and i'm like i get it you're an idiot like you just like it, it's so weird because when i was a kid i loved mick foley like, i loved him and I remember reading his book and that quote that Ric Flair had in there about his time in WCW, where he called him the glorified stuntman. And I remember just thinking that was so disrespectful, and Ric Flair was a prick for saying that. I honestly like I still love McFoley, but now I'm not so sure because some of these moves are just—they don't mean anything. Like if you back body drop Cactus Jack onto the under the ring under uh, the ramp, he's just gonna get right back up, and and it's not gonna like get you like like over, you know, it's 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 not going to do anything. I don't understand the purpose of it. Um, <clears throat> Jesse Ventura, and it was basically at this point where I was like, I'm done. And Jesse Ventura basically spoke for me. He had a great quote. Hey, you know what? Ring the bell. Count them out. Let's get on with the next match. Oh, <laughs> it
1: was perfect. It was a great call. It
2: was, it was a great call because I was like, this match is fucking done. And then the match that I would have preferred, which is, um, you know, it was like, well, maybe this will just turn into a one-on-one match. Well, we're going to give you a Ron Simmons and the guy that you really don't care about. (laughs) It's like Mr. Hughes. Yeah. God damn it. And Jesse Ventura, as much as I love that quote about just getting on with the next match, uh, I, I really don't like what he does here. He completely loses his mind over why this isn't a handicap match. And, and at first he makes a lot of sense. He's like, well, whose call is that? That's not the contract they sign and blah, blah, blah. But, he kind of like drags it on just for a little too long. It's like let's just move on. And the referee's made up his mind, and for some reason, the absolutely maniacally insane Cactus Jack is okay with it. Nah. You yeah. You know I mean, how that's. Well, he like does weird try to
3: He does try to tag in, and the rest. And then says the rest goes ah ah ah, and Jack's like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> you got me. You, you got, got me.
2: I I've been breaking too many rules. I, I just like that's just kind of stupid shit. And I'm so glad that Jason, you did not repeat the, uh, noises that he makes. I think Foley goes over the top yeah. with, with this is almost mankind without the mask, um, with those stupid sounds that he makes. And I uh, just, Oh, I just getting tired of it. That's all. Um, What was this? Okay, so, okay, let's end it here. The three-point stance, which Jesse Ventura once again loses his mind over (laughs) that that this is illegal and he was trying to take him out. I mean, I love Ron Simmons. Don't get me wrong.
1: He didn't even touch him. Oh, yeah. And a chop block is is not illegal in wrestling.
2: It's not. Well, right. (laughs) Ric Flair does it all the time. Like, I can kind of see Jesse Ventura's point if he's going for his knee. Like if he's actually aiming at his knee, then maybe that's one thing. But here's a problem: no contact was made. Like it was very obviously uh, a revealing the business moment, and uh, and it shouldn't have been harped on. I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Um, I gave. No, oh, no, I can't. I must have been high. Uh, Were you? Uh, no, I. <laughs> this is not a five. This is a three.
1: Oh. I had this at a five. This is a three now. Um, I feel bad for Ron Simmons and Cactus Jack here because it just feels like they... It's like they're just kind of spinning like in their own orbit that's not really moving anywhere. Like, they, mm-hmm. both, they both should be in either semi-main or main event matches. And we know that's coming. But it just feels like over the last few months since Sting got back into the world title picture that ron simmons has just been floundering around with these types of matches and you're absolutely right this is this should have been cactus and ron at least the two of them even though we've seen it it that that would have been a little bit better to see i feel so bad we didn't get to see junkyard because i was so pumped after his super brawl
2: yeah thing. me too man
1: i thought it was actually pretty good and it was disappointing because i just thought you know i just thought that it, like you guys said it was a better match I, Mr. Hughes is just best flanking somebody else, literally being their bodyguard, and that's it. Like him wrestling, just sometimes is just not great. And we saw that. Remember, we had the Steiner's versus him and Vader, and it sucked. It was not good. Mm-hmm. It should have been, but it wasn't. But um, but yeah, I because. It ended up being like the the second like the I went through the things in my head that would have been the worst. Well, the worst would have been a handicap match because I hate them. I don't, I've never liked handicap matches because there's only one real way it's going to end, and that's with a miraculous victory by the person who is handicapped in the match by not having the extra person. They're going to win, and then it was like, oh well, maybe okay. Well, maybe it'll be Cactus. Like, nope. You literally gave us exactly what you guys said like the like the worst the, the worst worker of the three gets to wrestle in here i'm like oh man god dang so i i really don't have a lot of I, I, yeah i i don't really have anything you guys have said although they do say we're going to get an update on junkyard dog i'm pretty sure we get no update on how he's doing
3: no we still he's don't still know to this day there. <laughs> he's
1: uh, he's still in a jacksonville <clears throat> waiting room yeah, um, no love for the dog. How did Ron do? <laughs> I think I still, I, 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 my rating for this, I feel like is too high. I gave this a four, but you know, that's fine. Um, I can,
2: that's respectable.
1: Tony and Eric recap the last match again. They, uh, they start. This, this next line is hilarious. I'm gonna read it out loud anyway. I'm not gonna change it. Hype for Super Invader versus Todd Champion. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I bet you are. I <laughs> bet you are. All right, Charlie. Sure. So, so, real quick, do we got? Do you guys know if so? If all right, there's a there's the the guns to your head and your life's on the line. Do you know who Super Invader is? I was trying to figure it out. Life, um, life or death, Charlie. Who is it?
2: Life or death. Who is it? Well, um, hold, give me. Can I have? Can I
1: Can you give me a clue <clears throat> Um His Previous ring name Is a cross between A uh, <laughs> It's a cross between A Greek god And A Last name Of Janet Lard's <laughs> Manager Oh dude Is this That's Hercules You survived sir
2: Is it Is it, is it Hercules yes. no, I couldn't I couldn't make that body type out. I was like, "That's a weird looking body." You know? <laughs> That's Hercules.
3: And...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accompanied by it's Harley Hercules Race. is from
3: Bangkok.
2: Yeah, it's... I thought. Mm. I thought he was in the WWF for like twelve years nonstop. I never, like, mm. I never knew he went to WCW.
1: I mean, I, I doubt this lasts long because as you're probably about to tell us, uh, it's not very good, (laughs) not much of an invader, (laughs) no, 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 it was, we, we were super, super. (laughs) this would be like if Red Dawn ended in the credits in the opening credits. Like, that's... <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know what?
2: Yeah, we won't bore you with the details.
1: So you know it's, it would have been like, all right, so the, the Russians or whoever come down, and all the kids in school have, like, machine guns, and they just gun them all down. It's like, all right, back to school. <laughs> the only so way have to stop a bad today. Russian with a gun is a good Russian with a gun.
3: <laughs> okay, so... Um... I mean,
2: was, was Todd Champion's tag team career so successful that they just thought we got to get him in the singles competition? Because um, what was it? Firebreaker Chip or what? Yeah. That is that it, I name. can't believe I remember that name. Um, so Harley Race comes out because basically Super Invader looks like a mini Vader. That's pretty much what he looks like to me.
1: Mini um, Vader. That's a better name for it. Probably. Mini Vader. <laughs>
2: to fight millmasters.
1: He does a he does a Vader bomb from the first rope versus <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I mean
2: they all write themselves. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's
3: a Vader uh, M eighty if it's from the bottom rope. The of
2: of Vader bottom. bomb from the first rope. That's a two count if I've ever heard it. Anyway, I have literally one note. Just one and it's and, and now that I read it it's the only thing I remember about this match uh, the note reads the rest spot from hell
4: <laughs>
2: there was a really long and not just one, multiple rest spots where uh, it's like these two guys just met each other and did not talk anything over in the How back and... first name super last name <laughs> <and baby. laughs> That's a... <laughs> nice to meet you <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, George Costanza meeting George Steinbrenner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's nice to meet you.
2: Um,
3: yeah, just skip
2: it. I gave this a two.
1: <clears throat> All right, Jason, what'd you think?
3: This match looks like creator wrestlers gone wrong. I mean, because it's, it's like someone just picked like, oh my god, I have worked so hard to get the special looking outfits, and they're crap. Because Todd Champion is he an Olympian or a soldier? Yes. Because he's got so, like this white denim. Exactly.
1: I know you nailed it. That and and I just wanted to quickly try. It. He, he goes from citizen soldier to like like <laughs> Olympic hopeful. <laughs> I don't. Yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No,
3: that's and then Jesse Ventura even gets better. as he goes? He looks like he's captain of the love boat. <laughs> <Just like, laughs> yeah. He just
2: buries him
3: because it's the white denim outfit, and then you got the super invader who's just like a black unitard with a red wool mask. And someone took what they thought was a a Taiwanese flag and rolled it up and tied it around his head. But he did have an awesome looking gloved hand and he kept making sure to flex that gloved hand. And you're thinking, my God, what's this going to be? Is it going to be some kind of cool claw or some devastating chop? Nope. We never see the gloved hand in action. It's just there to be there. Um, But this was the first match that I noticed that they're not swapping rings. That they just cut that out for some reason. uh, Because it's all been in the same one for the last few matches. Uh, Jesse Ventura goes on a tirade about wrestlers in masks. About why it's stupid to wear a mask. And that you must be ugly if you're wearing a mask. Uh, And it's 1992 and Jesse Ventura's reference for handsome is Gregory Peck which I thought was amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, and then speaking of handsome, we cut to Harley Race, whose hair looks like a pack of uncooked ramen noodles, uh, just sitting there. And Harley Race as a manager is great, but he can you can tell when he knows he's saddled with some piece of shit, because he just doesn't give a crap. Uh, Jesse continues to go on his tirade about masks, including saying, this lovely Jim, I've known of, I've known a few women or two who <laughs> yes. should have wore masks at Whoa. certain times. You know what I'm talking about. To which Jim Ross's retort is two seconds of silence. With so, what's the situation with Beach Blast?
1: <laughs> yeah, cause it, all right, real quick, you're. I didn't touch on it, but Jesse's teasing something about measurements, and we know this is going to be a lame payoff. But it's like chest measurements, and it's like it feels like it's. It should be something really uh, provocative. It's probably not but anyway. nope. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Champ Todd Champion decides to break a fall to the outside
3: by hitting his face on the security railing. This out there.
1: is the best <laughs> sound in the entire show. This I spit to I did a spit take in my office when I watched this this bit because the sound it makes is right out of the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> <Blame> it. <laughs> yeah, it's fuck. A good. It's,
3: it's, it, is he like a Terminator beneath there? Because it's like metal <clears throat> and disappointment and shame at the same time. It's bad. Um, then we get the finish, which is a pretty awesome-looking power bomb, but still nothing with that gloved hand. I gave this thing a mm. two. I,
2: I think. Well, this... well. Okay. I got it. Oh, okay. I've, I've got it. Small
1: car Vader. <laughs> oh! I like it. Or compact van Vader. Yes. <laughs> compact yeah. Vader. Yeah. There you go. Compact uh,
3: Prius Vader. Sedan so Vader. Station, he's station wagon
1: Vader. It's the Dan Vader, yeah. It it's the Dan 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 well you know, all right. While we're on this topic of renaming, I think it's pretty much time it Todd Champion needs to be retired. He pretty much should be coming out as Todd Contender, because there's nothing champion <laughs> there's nothing champion Todd like. <laughs>
3: Nothing. No, he's Todd Participant. I don't think we've seen him win a singles match yet. Yeah, I don't know if he's in contention. But... On the way to the ring, Todd I, Participant. This
1: match does something I have never seen before. I have never seen two guys go for the test of strength and try to kick each other at the same time. I have never seen that happen. <laughs> But both of them have the same idea, like, oh, I know I'm going to get out of this one. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, are you
2: a healer or am I?
1: Fuck it. It. <laughs> it felt like that at that moment, the space-time continuum was about to just come unraveled because they both tried to kick each other at the same time. And that life was about to glitch out because that thing, I was like, whoa, what happens here? It it, <laughs> it reminds me later with the Z-Man spot. But anyway, I, uh, yeah, there's... There's literally nothing else I can add to what you guys said. Like I I think I topped out at a 3 here. Super Invader as much as they want to make him feel like he's Big Van Vader, he is not. And this is one of the most boring squashes that, you know, we could have we could have had on this show. Nice, nice of them to tuck this right in here after uh, those first few matches that we had. Um Jason, what did you give it again? A 2. Oh, good, good, good okay jesse and uh jr and jesse speculate about stings injured ribs for the main event so that's still a thing uh spoiler alert it's i don't think it's really a thing at all (laughs) in that match but we'll get there no one told sting (laughs) it was the one like his stings ribs were like oh no no we're not going to betray him we're good we're actually good no betrayal (laughs) no betrayal we didn't even wrap him we didn't wrap him in tape no (laughs) it was great
2: so, Not only are they fighting, mean, what he ends up doing with the cage, I was like, that guy's agile for
1: injured ribs. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Dude. Yeah, exactly, man. He just popped a couple Percocets, and he was good to go. Woo! <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, all right. So, up next. All right. So, I don't... I, I, no, I guess maybe I did come out a little bit ahead, because I know as much as you groaned about Super Invader and Todd Contender, uh, Rich... <laughs> Richard Morton versus Big Josh is definitely, uh, this is no dream match by any means. Dream match. somebody's dream. That's the next crown jewel. Um, There is a wrestler that was supposed to be in the Richard Morton place who is not here tonight. More on that later. Um, Richard Morton still hanging on to the York Foundation gimmick, but not dressing like it. Still hanging on to Richard Morton great um uh, this one like I, I the one thing i was thinking throughout it is that uh first of all the jesse commentary on big josh is fantastic um i will probably leave it's that pretty to you. funny i'll leave that to you guys <laughs> to kind of fill in with because it's some really good stuff having to do with like how he smells and his clothes and everything but um ricky morton and i'm uh, sorry richard morton his his bounce his bumping in this match is really great like he does a lot To try and help make Josh look pretty good. And the thing is, it's not like Big Josh looks bad. It's just kind of a a stale character. He's really built around like two or three signature moves and that's it. But I will say, man, he turns on the potato gun and just starts going after Morton by like midway to the end of this thing. I mean, he takes his ass right out of the potato field and it's like, guess what? Left hand, left hand, left hand. Eat it, eat it, eat it. Done. Um, He ends up winning this with a northern exposure, except poor Fonzie Really goofed up on the finish here. And the replay does not help clear his case from salon.com. The, the evidence does not help him. Show me. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Yeah, this, uh, another, like, you know, kind of what, a, you know, whatever kind of undercard match here. Like I said, uh, uh, Josh comes away with the win. We won't, I don't think, I, I'm pretty sure Josh is about to go to clown school soon, so I don't know how much longer we're going to see him. <laughs> Uh, but I still end up I still end up giving man now I'm looking at this rating. I'm like I don't know if this fits, but I gave it a five. Um okay. I oh yeah, by the way, real quick, I'm not sure working the right arm of a guy who is clearly left-handed is uh effective. You know, I'm just <laughs> saying <laughs> like Richard Morton's ideas like, hey man, I'm just gonna work this well, I guess it's Richard Taker. <laughs> Richard Wait <a> Taker. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Callaway <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know maybe, maybe oh, I'll work man. his I'll work his right arm and I'll throw him off balancen't does work hey man <laughs> all
3: right what season of our podcast are we going to cover the rock and roll expresses wrestlemania see th- this is what Jesus. happens
1: this is what happens when two guys try to kick each other in a test of strength it glitches <laughs> the season <laughs> I've never seen this. <laughs> It's like what happened world.
3: with Cap. Cap doesn't come back. Richard Morton's the new
1: taker. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Morton's in the you your hat. You. I think this <laughs> yeah, hat belongs
2: yeah. to you. No. No, I don't think it
3: does. <laughs> no. Can I ask you about your wife? So, so, no.
1: <laughs> Richard, Richard Morton wakes up after the power outage and realizes that The Undertaker doesn't exist in the world, but he knows about him, and so he try, he becomes The Undertaker. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this, is this that Beatles movie? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> he Googles Undertaker.
2: Dude. <laughs> This is awesome. That's, a, that's actually a really great idea.
3: You mean? Did you did you make that finishing move for me?
2: Yes, yes I did. Yes, yes I did. <laughs> right.
3: Hell's game. so from, from Richard. Yeah, the name, the, the name of the movie is TCB. Take care of business, dude. Okay, and you gotta. Oh,
4: man.
2: It's just... A, oh, God, because they, they, they mimic the Abbey Road poster, so
1: you got to mimic some iconic image of Undertaker. <laughs> like, it's Richard like Morton makes... doing... He's he's kneeling in the middle of the ring with his hand out.
2: Okay. That's <laughs> so like, like, mankind's through the table, and Richard Morton's just staying on top of the cell. Just so, so
1: standing that... WWE, reimagined. Robert... Richard Morton invades WCW to fight Sting.
2: <laughs> like... I got, it, I got it. Remember when Yokozuna killed him, and yeah. he showed up on the Titantron? It's Richard Morton. <laughs>
3: Does that make Robert Gibson Kane? I mean...
1: Well, he's already got the one fucked up <laughs> eye, so it would work.
3: Robert <laughs> just... Gibson,
2: he rips the door
1: off the. Floor. <laughs> that's, that's gotta be.
2: That's gotta be Robert Gibson. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's Robert Kane doing here, Bob Kane? Wait, Bob Kane. He it's it's he created Batman too. Batman doesn't exist Robert in this world. Robert
2: Gibson, Robert Gibson, just Tombstone Pete
3: Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Gibson becomes the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee.
1: Robert Gibson has a thirty like inch dick in Cino Evils like deleted oh, yeah. scenes. <laughs> oh
3: my God! What? Oh. <sighs> well, no. Ooh. No. No. Yeah. That, that's yeah. why he's got that fucked up. That's why he's got that fucked up eye. It just comes out of there. Dude,
2: Robert Gibson cannot take a stunner.
3: <laughs> oh, no. Wubble, wobble. <laughs>
1: Richard Morton reinvents the, the himself Robert as Gibson, a redneck biker. The Robert
3: Gibson lead a wedding.
2: Wait, <laughs> Robert Gibson is Jerry Lawler's dentist.
0: <laughs>
3: Richard Morton just holding a camera. Fort Hood, let me hear it one time. Still the
1: best. <clears throat> Richard Morton retired Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Richard Morton fucking putting Stone Cold on that Undertaker symbol to crucify him. <laughs> Richard Morton
2: loses to Roman Reigns, cuts off his hair, and leaves it in the ring. <laughs> oh,
0: man.
1: Good, goodbye, my friend. Uh, so, we're two, Stephanie. We're two. <laughs> oh. Plays a little southern puts a little Southern Rock, aka
3: Led Zeppelin uh, on the radio. Red
2: Rock.
3: You like Almond Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> All Nothing right. cooler and here Robert Plant was... sing Sweet Home Alabama.
1: <laughs> that was fantastic. That's that's one for the Oh wait. One more. One Richard more. Morton is in suburban commando.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're a dead man, Ramsey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Woo! And then he does a Canadian Destroyer. It's all coke. All, <laughs> all
3: right. My, my favorite thing of this whole bit is that he's still Richard Morton. <laughs> so... So we have to give the man props because he knows what he's doing, apparently, by keeping the name Richard.
2: Well, we've seen him change gimmicks, and nothing really changes other than his name.
1: So, just thank you, Dick Morton. How you doing? Dirty Dick Morton. The, the cutting of the hair is brilliant. Just. <laughs> Ricky Morton. R- so, so Richard Morton and, and Triple H had an end of an era cell match at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh
3: my god. <laughs> Shawn Michaels looked really upset when he super kicked Richard Morton and he didn't get the pin. <laughs> Man, Richard Morton just kills Ric Flair's kid.
2: What's <laughs> on you, Rick?
3: What's on you?
2: <sighs>
3: Richard Lord. Morton's teaming with Roman Reigns tonight against Shaman Man, in
1: <laughs> Richard Morton nearly killed Goldberg with a tombstone. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Richard Which Morton. Which is inv- probably how it would go. Richard Morton invades Paul Bear's home and throws a couch at him.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. Well right. well, Punk, you're not gonna be in the main event of WrestleMania this year, but good news you're getting the Richard Morton match. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. And Punk, like, he hears Richard Morton's music go, and he goes, Yeah!
0: <laughs>
3: Brock oh. Lesnar was the one in the twenty. <laughs> <laughs> and he's Paul Hayman, oh my god!
2: Beat <laughs> Richard Morton!
1: You're gonna have to! <laughs> You're
0: gonna <laughs> have to
3: help me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh the great. Well, I'm sorry. There's so many peaks.
1: I know. I so know.
3: Undertaker push has push. a lot of career highlights. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, he does. My God. Wait, Charlie. Who are Robert's you
2: alive.
3: I've never, of, I've never heard of the Undertaker. Oh my god! By the newest, the newest WWE home video release, Richard Morton: A Decade of Destruction. A decade. <laughs> <laughs> oh man!
1: All right, so okay, keep. man, it's gonna be hard to continue, <laughs> but here we go. Never Where minutes. are we? All right, Where Tony and Eric. <laughs> here so comes Richard this versus Big Josh. oh no are, are, are we all did we all give our ratings for... I'm sorry no I don't
2: think any of us did oh <laughs> Jesus
1: okay I ended up giving I'm so sorry I ended up giving this I, I overrated this I'm sorry I gave it a 5 I'm sorry mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> no I think it deserves a 10 As you just sent us on that tirade it truly deserves a 10 <laughs> uh... <laughs> trying to compose myself
2: Who's next?
3: I think it's me. Okay. And the sad, <clears throat> sad thing is I've got a pretty solid joke, but I don't think it's going to do anything after that. But, <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> I'm going to try. So Jesse's all over Big Josh's attire. And when uh, Richard Morton tears that shirt and it's just half hanging, half still tucked in, Big Josh with his torn flannel, and his denim jeans he looks like he's about 5 years away from being part of Scotty Flamingo's pat which which is the, how you call a group of flamingos is it called a call to pat i looked it up <laughs>
1: <laughs> flamingos pat is that what we're going with yeah instead of instead of raven's flock yeah <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> that's funny
3: <laughs> oh man they make uh they make a point to say that all 10 of all ten men in the main event are sitting and watching this match right now. I'm sure. I am sure that you're gonna be involved in a bloodbath. You wanna take the time to watch Richard Morton. True, he is a legend, apparently. And, and Big Josh <laughs> and Big Josh uh, on this. Two count gets the win, so I gave this match a two. Charlie, what'd you think
1: of this man?
2: Oh, I loved it.
3: Um,
2: <laughs> no, like, like I actually did have an oh shit moment. Um, I think I think Morton. I don't know. <laughs> I think Morton maybe he owes Big Josh some money because I usually think that log roll move is kind of dumb, but it looks fucking painful here. <laughs> yeah. Like no, you're. He stomps right. the shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say he stomps the shit out of him, and I mean it just it just looks awful. Um... So, yeah, I mean, you guys basically covered it all. He gets the, uh, the the northern exposure. And I love when WCW does this shit uh, where they will replay the, the botched finish from the exact same angle. Like, like, did he really not count the three? Yep, that's what I thought I saw. He never counted the three. And Jesse Ventura tries to cover for it. Oh, it was a two. Wait. It's a
1: three. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, I I'm, I'm with you though, Will. Uh, I actually I gave this a five as well. I did enjoy it.
1: I just was imagining now. I hope this doesn't go off too far, but I just was thinking of if no, if no. if fl- what is it? What's the what's the group of flamingos called again? A pan? A pat? A, a pat? P so A T. Pat, so a flamingos pat and a flamingo. So a flamingos pat is ravens fly. Is the is the. Opposite of Raven's flock, like, so we have, like, instead of Sick Boy, you have got Well Boy. He's coming out. Like, they're all pristine looking, like, in their suits. They look like the biggest douchebags that, like, are just so obnoxious. Like, they're the... They're so, the... Wait, wait, instead of Reese, is it, like, Snickers? <laughs> no.
3: No, no, Charlie. It's a Toblerone. <laughs> it's a Toblerone. It's Toblerone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's Billy putting him Man in the Charleston is, Jew. Oh, look who it is! It's Perry <laughs> Jupiter. He's come out to. Play.
3: That's right. That's right. Oh, the king go. of the gods.
2: It's, it's Billy Old Man. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's William Man Man. Remember. William Man Man. Oh right, right. <laughs> William Man Boy. William Man. Man Kid. <laughs> <Or> Man <Boy. laughs> It's oh, too easy. <laughs> and, and it's literally
3: just idle.
2: <laughs> it's
3: idle. Uh, everyone remembers when Scotty Flamingo attacked DDP and the set of total requests live.
2: <laughs> and look it's Roddy Skiggs. <laughs> Ooh, gross. That's, yeah.
3: <laughs> that's pretty nasty. Oh, Heads man. up everyone. <laughs>
2: Ooh. <laughs> Another good bit.
3: <laughs> so, what was what was a uh, Ravens dude? I, I can't remember his name, but he wanted to be in the leader of the beta i I'm blanking the BWO and then the Right to Censor. What did he go? What Stevie was his Richards.
2: Name? Yes, Stephen Richards. Yes, of course. About to say because I was just I'm running through remember. the stable from Revenge. I, and, and Yeah, Richards is not. In that in that video game, but yeah, he
3: was in the uh, in the flock, I believe. Yeah, really? he was the he was the first. <laughs> oh, Stephen Richard, first of his name, loyal to Scotty
1: Flamenco's it's Great, <laughs> all right, <laughs> solid. So up next is probably my favorite part of the show because I really love watching the old promos and breaking down like what the thought process was behind them, because now up next. Up next is a it, it is a it's a cool match and it'll be it's gonna be really fun for Jason to go through it, but to set up Brian Pillman defending his light heavyweight title against Tom Zink the Z-Man, um, we should we get this promo from WWE Saturday Night like this is a, a quick build but it's really effective. It's the two former they they were both tag team partners I think we've seen maybe one or two matches on this season with them together, so we get this footage. Where the Z-Man is just off the rails, angry, and upset that Scotty the Flamingo, <laughs> which is already, it's off to a good start when he messes up the gimmick and refers to him as Scotty the Flamingo, and JT Southern, which I was like, <laughs> these two guys jumped you? Like, I mean, like it you make it sound like like the Road Warriors jumped you, but it's JT Southern and Scotty the Flamingo is who we're talking about here who have jumped the Z-Man, and he says, he just immediately jumps to, well, you know what, I'll defend the title against both of them. And then the camera zooms out, because Flying Brian is standing right next to him. And he inquires, he's like, what was that? Wait a second. Um, <laughs> is that the uh, is that the Scott Steiner Mike? Yes yes, 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 yes. What was that?
2: Well, I was just
3: the
2: watching. best part is,
3: <laughs> is this is... <laughs> This is like that movie cliche moment where someone's like going off on someone and then they go, they're standing right behind me, aren't they? (laughs) Yes. It's just a wrestling equivalent to that.
1: As you were saying. Brian inquires about, um, which title are you referring about? Are you talking about mine? And and Z-Man plays it off like, oh, you know, man, I got a temper. You know I got a temper. I didn't mean anything by it. But Brian does not buy (laughs) it. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, (laughs) I didn't mean anything by it, right? What's going on here? Brian doesn't buy it at all. And he says the Z-Man shouldn't look past him, and he deserves some gratitude for looking out for him in the past. The Z-Man counters with, you know, you know, Brian, people have been saying that, you know, you've been, you've been real generous with your help. And it's like, what, what does that mean? That doesn't mean what you think it means. He's been generous with his help. That means he's been helping people. So maybe we needed to rework that line. because He's been helping people. A little too much. <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, You're too here. and I'm the face. And it, <laughs> and then and then like it just kind of starts talking. About, oh, maybe we should do it now. And I, my next note was, it sounds like we're about to go to the barber shop with where this promo ends. <laughs> but what's hilarious is like, all right, so you know by the end of this promo they have to be at odds, and at the beginning of it they're not. So you know that like in the back they're like, okay. We'll start off with this, and we got to end here. The way they get from that start to that end is hilarious. The leaps that they make, and you can tell, like I'm clearly Pillman's a little bit more together when it comes to the promos. I'm wondering if in his mind he's like, "What the? What is Tom doing? Like, what is he doing? Because he does take (laughs) Tom. Hey man, what are we doing? (laughs) This."
3: Guys, I haven't been the same since I stopped taking steroids and clearly lost like 30 pounds of
1: muscle. Yes, A great so please call. Please, give me a break. If this promo is hell- you've got to see this.
2: Time after time after time, the Z-Man gets on a roll, I started to get out of the slump, I got things together, and you two punks, JT Southern and Scotty the Flamingo, jump on my back. You know, anytime, you two punks, Want a shot at me, I'll put the title on the line any time either one of you two want. Wait a
0: minute. What title are you talking about? You're talking about my
2: title? Let's not get ahead of yourself, okay? Hey, wait a minute, Brian. I, it's national TV. They jump me from behind before, as you know. You know what kind of a temper I got. And I want some revenge on these two, Brian. I didn't mean your title. Like, Brian, you're my best friend. Hey, Tom, I know you're hot at them. They're not exactly uh, at the top of my list but I'll tell you what, I've never known you to look past an opponent. I've come out here tonight to help you out just like I did all the times we tagged up together and you got no gratitude for it. Help me out, you help me out.
1: You know, to tell you the truth, Brian, a lot of people have been saying since you got the belt around your waist, you've been a little bit too generous with your help, Brian. I was fine on my own. You know
2: something, Tom? We don't have to wait till tomorrow to do this. We can do it right
0: now if you want. Let's do it right now, uh, it. Wait just a second.
1: The way that they get to where they need to get, which is these guys are, you know, we're building some heat for this match, is some of the best work. And by that, I mean entertaining. So I just wanted to set with that, set that, set up the next match for that, Jason. This is all yours. This is a good one. I really, this is going to be fun to talk about. I think so. Go for it, Z-Man versus oh, Flyman. Oh yes, Man. dude. So before we even. Been... After we get that, we get
3: uh, back to Shivani and Bischoff, uh, the Statler and Waldorf of WCW, apparently. Because um, it is, is—it's by this point, they're not interviewing anybody. It's, it's really, really, really pointless. But uh, Bischoff says, my prediction <laughs> is that Flying Brian's going to win because of the ground game. So the guy with Flying in his name is going to use, and yes, that's what he did against Liger, but Liger was also a high flyer z-man's kind of that mid-range you know he says he's a high flyer he has like a top rope drop kick that's pretty much it other than getting beat up by everyone else but brian pillman says we don't have to wait till tomorrow we can go right now and starts to get in the ring and that's when the clip ends because i guess z-man wanted to wait till tomorrow uh Z-Man comes out and we get one of my favorite squares to fill out during the, uh, wrestling bingo is wrestler gets spooked by pyro, <laughs> uh,
1: which I feel like, I feel like Z-Man's the only one who checks this off. Yes. Like, uh, cause I don't
3: think he was expecting it. And if he was just a few inches back, he would have had a full James Hetfield and just been encompassed by pyro, uh, on here. But, uh, there's a lot of cool spots in here. Like you were talking about earlier, Like, there's a lot of mirroring what each other is expecting. Man, it's it's off to a good start. I, I like it. Uh, there's that kind of mid-air double arm. They both go for like an arm drag in mid-air and just kind of tilt each other the different way, which the crowd has no reaction to for some reason. Uh, but then it gets to the point where there is lots of ground holds for this. So I changed his name to Grounded Brian Pillman um we get our we get the zinc bomb you know where he's going for the second rope Vader bomb but you know it's here uh so here we have one of my big I mentioned earlier today Brian Pillman locks in the figure four Jim Ross then says I don't think I've ever seen him use this before now let's flash back to last year's wrestle war war is in war games once all five members are all four members of Sting's team and all the four horsemen minus Arn Anderson with Larry Zabisco getting the ring, all the faces put all the heels in a figure four at the same time. <laughs> and everyone went nuts. And Jim Ross, you were there on the call. So, uh, shut the fuck up with you. I don't think oh. I've ever seen this before. Whoa. So, you know. Uh, that's definitely the right there. There it is! Oh, oh it is. It is. <laughs> uh, at this point... Here's where I noticed that the other end of the spectrum from the formal attire people, because a few a few seats down from them, uh, there's a group of people that are in what I would call Jacksonville formal, being Daisy Duke skirt and uh, tank tops and all this. I think it might have been the attractive woman you were talking about there, Will. I don't know. Uh, but also Miss Florida in 1978, Myrtle Lynch is there. So that's good to know. Uh, that's actually the name of my hey, great man, does aunt. Does so make that. Is that a shoot? Oh no! Is that a shoot?
4: Yeah.
3: No, it's not a oh, shoot. It's just. <laughs> it would be great if they're just like Myrtle Lynch, Miss Florida, 1972, here at Wrestle War. But uh, in between the the white trash and then the formal people, there's like three or four people that look like they're right out of a J.C. catalog, and from the middle of the 80s, there's a lady who I thought for a solid minute was Delta Burke, because she looked just like she looks all the way on Designing Women, and I was like, is that? No, it's not Delta Burke. But her shoulder pads, she looked like she's wearing Vader's fucking helmet. Uh, Their shoulder pads are so big, I was waiting on steam to come out. Uh, but back to the match, because they did lose me for a little bit with some of the ground and pound. But uh, for some reason, Brian Pillman goes to Charlie's favorite move with the wrestler who goes to the top rope and just figures, I'll do whatever. Because the Z-Man counters it with a Stacey Keebler-like split kick right up in the air,
1: which I, I looked I that have this. I, I, I took a snapshot of this because it's amazing <laughs> to look at. Like, it is a full extension, yeah. perfect kick to the face. Yes. Only, really well done.
2: <laughs> oh, well, well, I that. see what you're saying. He goes up there and he has no idea what movie's he's doing. <laughs> he just jumps. Right. Or they yeah. just
3: jump. Yeah. They oh, just I jump. They're like, that. ah, fuck. I always like in my head to pretend, oh, they're just going to do a double axe handle. Well, at least put your arms up. Right. You know, don't just go, here I come, Z. And, and then it's very easy uh, to cover your face when you get drop kicked. Yep. It is. Uh, but Pillman wins with the counter that never fails, getting the fuck out of the way. Uh, <laughs> as Tom Zink goes for his Tom Zink goes for his top rope double drop kick. Brian Pillman just moves and rolls him up. Uh this was pretty fun. I give this a six.
1: Charlie, what'd you think of this? Um I have <clears> I have a theory.
2: On Z-Man not being aware of his pyro, I'm wondering if he's have if he ever like has like an existential crisis where he thinks he's not good enough for pyro. Is that a shoot because that's <laughs> that's a shoot. <laughs> oh shit, that's a shoot. You know what I mean? It's like yes, yes. We've seen him get startled a couple times, uh, but it's just it just kind of takes away from the whole thing. And it's like like obviously pyro is for the wrestlers that deserve pyro, which you know I think he certainly does.
3: But I don't think he thinks that. <laughs> I, mean, I love this in-depth in analysis of Tom Zink, the Z-Man,
2: on Man, the I'm next WWE deep
3: Network. <laughs> deep dive psychology here.
2: Because, I mean, I, <clears throat> my favorite Tom Zink is still the camera behind him. Let's go! Like, I, I I missed that. That was so cool and stupid. Um, but, yeah, the pyro thing. You should be used to it by now, man. I uh, wonder if maybe maybe they're pranking him. I don't know. Um I cannot believe this. I think I this wasn't mentioned. <clears throat> I don't even know what the fuck a nose
3: tackle is. Oh,
1: you don't? No. no. Is
2: that a shoot? it's right uh, here, it JR, a defensive version of the center. Okay. They, they they get into this for like two minutes. Yeah. Over like Brian Pillman being a nose tackle. Nose tackle is <laughs> Like Jesse Ventura just can't fathom the, the idea that uh, a guy the size of Brian Pillman could be a nose well, sack. He's like Ron Simmons now. Now that's a nose sack. Well,
1: it's oh. really quite simple. <laughs> uh oh, lay it on, with Steve. No, no, no. I mean, it's really quite simple. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's just like the easiest thing is what Jason said. It's just like the defensive version of the center. Like it is. I mean, for all intents and purposes, a nose tackle kind of becomes like a butt plug in the defense. Like you're there just to plug the just to plug that hole so that a running back doesn't get through. You know, that, that's that's really... a very interesting point. <laughs> like if you look at a three-four defense, that's where you <laughs> predominantly will see a nose tackle. Like when you see like some. Um, um, you know, it's it's definitely different when you've got some four three defenses, and that's where I'm going to stop right there with the the football talk, and I'll leave it as it is. You make a valid point, though. This goes on for far too long during the match. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So Z Man's leg, <laughs> that pause was wonderfully uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that
2: was the idea. So so like, what's hey. going on with this beach blast thing? <laughs> I I do like that. Uh, both both guys have a weakness that they're kind of going for. Pillman has a back weakness, and Z-Man has a leg weakness. Which, I mean, I guess it's important for a while until Z-Man decides to ju- go for a missile drop kick uh, off the top rope. The crowd is all fucking into this. Um, like th- this is the the most excited they I think they've been. And this is a very I remember <clears throat> I think this was the match we watched a year ago. Um, when you were like, "Oh, let's like, let's watch something from Wrestle War," and I yes, it was Brian, yes. Brian Pillman and Z-Man, I was like, "All right," and and I've I remember this match ever since, and it's I'm a little bit higher on it than Jason is. I'm actually a pretty big fan of this match. This is a, a wonderful match. We finally get I, I love that. I was so excited to start this season uh, because I was like, "Oh man, I get to see what else Z-Man can do." And this is the first good match I've seen since the last time I saw this match with, with Tom Zink. <laughs> like, there hasn't been a single good match with him, except for this. This is fantastic. And Brian Pillman, uh, you mentioned the promo earlier. I think it's Pillman actually that saves that thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tom Zink cannot talk. Um, no, it, it just it just wasn't convincing. And I do like I do love it. I love him just getting out of the way. You know, like. We used to play the old video games, and if a guy came off the top rope, you kind of took a risk at hitting the R button at the exact right time. Yeah. Or you could just run into the opposite corner <laughs> <laughs> and then dr- and then drag his sorry ass back to the middle and lock him in a submission. That's like, a very interesting like point, Was point kind you make of right cool there. <laughs> no, no, whoa, whoa. Yeah. That's a very interesting point. That's heavy duty right there. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway. <laughs> so, so, so I love the finish. I actually think it's really cool that he just, ah,
1: fuck you. He just gets out of the way.
2: Oh, <laughs> One, two, three.
1: I gave this an eight. My rating is the exact same. Oh. I loved this match. It is clearly the best that anybody's gotten out of the Z-Man this match has so many good false finishes where like they legitimately could have been the finish. They really like that. There was part of me. That was mm-hmm. like, was Oh, that looks like the finish. That looks like a finish. And it wasn't. That's one thing that's cool about flying Brian. Is that like he he's mixed up his finishers enough to where like he's one of the few wrestlers to where like if he does something like, oh, this may be it. This may be it. And it's not and like, oh, okay. Well, all right. We're still invested. They really got the crowd on those near falls. And that was really a pleasure to see. What's also great is how chippy this gets like it feels. Real if the emotions feel like they're really riding high, especially like during some of those spots where Pillman looks really vicious and he's really working almost like borderline heel in the match. I love afterwards, I thought that these guys reconciled after the match, they do not. Pillman glares at him and just leaves. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, I hate that stupid meme change my mind. I but th- one thing I would say is I still believe he is by far the best part of the season. He has been so good in such a variety of matches, and Through Pillman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what it's been such a pleasant surprise, and just something I hadn't really expected to see was that Flying Brian matches would be the ones I I'm so highly anticipating with each of these shows. I I don't I'll be I mean I I'll, I can't wait to see him with Austin later on down the road, but right now Damn this me. stuff is fantastic, and this. I mean, this is a borderline. Like, I mean, on any other card, this would probably be the match of the night. I mean, clearly the main event is a special event on its own, but man, this is really good. So I, I really, I, I give it an eight as well. All right, so um, we get the, uh, we do get another Beach Blast promo. Jr. and Jesse, they do, they, they just go through, like, just going hyping up our next match, which, um. It's for the number one contendership for the IWGP titles, tag team titles, and you just gotta wonder, like, how many more of these, like, like how many more times do the Steiners need to be involved with this? But it just shows, like, how popular they are to where, like, they need to keep using them in Japan as much as they do. But once again, they're 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 trying to reclaim those titles by winning this number one contendership match. They're taking on Takayuki, Ayazuka, and Tatsumi Fujinami. Yeah. All right, Charlie. This I, I can't. I'm excited worth for you to do this. It. One. I am. I am excited for you to do this match.
2: Now, Yeah. The Todd Champion thing. It's all is forgiven. Uh, <laughs> totally worth it. Right off the bat, what the fuck is up with a 45 minute time limit? You ever heard that? No. No. But like, that's an odd number. And um, after a while, I was beginning to think that this was going to go the distance, <laughs> because. <laughs> I was like, my God, this match needs to end before somebody gets killed. Um, You know, it's interesting where it's a pay-per-view that has war games. And yet, the best of luck spot of the night probably doesn't come from the war games match. Uh, This is brutal. This is a really uh, tough match. Um, So, right off the bat, Scott Steiner does that fucking move that we all love and think is just so dangerous but it's awesome and he almost kills himself that's one uh you know it's the uh i i think i wrote a a name for it oh upside down power slam (laughs) 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 that's all i could think of to call it he spikes his head and 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 there's this kind of great moment where when he's in the air like jesse and jr like like oh my goodness and then Right when he lands on his head, you kind of hear Jesse Ventura go, oh.
4: <laughs>
2: he didn't get all that one. <laughs> he didn't get all that one, folks. Oh, he's got the other guy. Oh, he nailed that one. Okay, good.
1: Man, can no. you just talk about, look how angry Scott is. He is so angry. What? Like, what? Uh, I think there's something going on here. Um, well, first of all, he looks concussed. Oh. He looks like, cause he is wobbly for a second when he's getting up after that first one. And then when he goes into the second one, like he, he, he's okay. He looks like it. I wouldn't doubt well, that he got a little concussed off that.
2: Well, okay. Well, I'm pretty sure he recovers because I think he transfers his concussion to Rick Steiner because <laughs> Rick Steiner almost kills Azuka with oh, what's basically a fairly basic move. Um, You know, it's Scott's got him up in the powerbomb position. and Rick goes to do an elbow and it should be fairly safe. But he ends up just kind of hitting him with the elbow and then deciding to go even further forward. and his knee just kind of collides with this guy's nose. And you can tell immediately. You're just like, oh
0: boy.
1: So you bring up some interesting there. because that's what I I wrote that down that that's the spot where his face explodes. But, that's it, man. But like, I looked at t- I looked at a couple different sources that that looked at the the amazing like cat, catch on the shoulders into a power slam that Rick does a, like a few minutes later to Ayazuka, and people were pointing to that that like he crushed his face, and I was like, I don't know the movie no. you described is the one where I thought it happened. No, this def- it's, it's definitely
2: mine. I'm right. Fuck them. They're wrong. <laughs> when he's going, when he's going to Fujinami to make it's the WD. tag, you can see the blood. Yeah. yeah, you can see it. You know, and I was like, oh man, he's not coming back for a while. But little did I know. Like <laughs> 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 it's like it's like every time he came back, he kind of must have thought in his head, oh, oh, they got that receipt on me. Everything must be all right now. Shit! And then just he gets annihilated every single time. Um, it's like any time Tony would come in the ring in SmackDown versus Raw. Oh. And we just went, no, nope, still don't like you. <laughs> um, let's see, what else happens? Yes! Yes! And then, because, yeah, this is this is number... This is the third best of luck spot. Uh, Rick almost kills him again when he counters the Doomsday device and, and turns it into a power slam. And because he, he, he contorts in a weird way and, and the way they collide into the mat is just awful God it, it's like okay like it, it actually happens so fast that I, I, I remember like not even being able to tell exactly what the hell I just saw Um, well yep, there's another one Scott almost kills him again with a botched <laughs> tilt-a-whirl like, like, so he does the tilt-a-whirl but he doesn't follow through he just kind of Sid power bombs him he just kind of lets him go like while he's spinning around in the air like a fucking tornado and it's like all right um, and then the match mercifully ends with uh, belly to belly off the top rope which honestly seems kind of tame <laughs> compared to the carnage that I've been watching for the rest of the match and um, that gets a, that gets a three count um other than the notes that I have I, I don't I can't recall off the top of my head there's no there's no Frankensteiner attempt. Uh, there's really nothing on the outside that I can think of. Fujinami decides to go for one of their legs at one point, and JR's like, oh, patented Fujinami right there. Uh, he loves to kick you in the legs, but he only he doesn't really do anything about it. Um, just for sheer brutality, I loved this match. Uh, I gave this an 8. Jason,
3: what did you think, man? This was my favorite match on the card. Uh, uh, don't blame Because me. of because of how fucking insane it got at some point you know this this isn't you're not going for the titles this is for a chance for you to have an excuse to fly across the world and fight <laughs> for some more belts that you're never going to defend because you're not in that country to defend it and they only strip you because one of you got hurt kind of thing uh and yet it is a hell of a fight. Uh, one of the first things I wrote down at the beginning of the match was Izuka looks like a Japanese Tom Zink because from far off you'd because he looks like how Tom Zink looked at the beginning of the season he's got the hot pink tights on everything I said oh man uh, so that I think that's why the Steiners decide to wreck his face uh, because they're like no no good looking guys for yet uh, Jim Ross and is just talking about how This is about you know the Steiners wanting to reclaim those titles. Those titles mean a lot, and for some reason Jesse Ventura goes off about how the Japanese are taking all of the American jobs. Kind (laughs) of the Jesse Jinger is great, great. Yes, yes, rehashing uh, Pillman's promo from like a few shows ago before his match with Liger. How this is for the people who are losing their jobs. Yes,
2: but this is the MAGA (laughs) moment of the night.
3: Yeah. Oh 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 yes. Kenny Omega, aka <laughs> Jesse uh,
2: Well, there's the gimmick change right
3: there. <laughs> uh, oh man! But uh, like, well, what
2: does JR say? He goes all editorial oh, comments. <laughs> yes,
3: he's all editorial comments. Like he does like the full disclosure I used to do with you when when we right. first started. It's like, oh, oh man. Uh, the best part is, you know, Scott fucks up that slam on. The Jinami. And so he's just like, damn it, you come here. Just grabs. It's just like I don't remember the dude coming through the ropes. It's like Scott just pulled him over with the sheer force. And he's like, I've made you look good and now you're gonna pay. He's just like just ruins it. It's just an alternating back and forth of of a lot of tags. And then it turns into for the first time, I think, really, we're seeing the Steiners kind of get out-wrestled in the fact that these dudes are taking everything they've got, and they're just getting back up. Because uh, into the point where Fujinami gets, like, those kicks where he's going after Rick's legs, I think they are, they sound pretty fucking brutal, uh, where he's hitting them on there. And they look they look like they're full force. I don't care if Fujinami's supposed to be, like, 50 or whatever. Uh, but, man, it's impressive. At some point, Rick Steiner elbows Fujinami, though, so hard in the throat, all I heard was a gurgling sound. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know I mean? Like, it was just like, oh, I was like, oh God, his, his lungs are filling up with blood. This is pretty bad. Blood's on uh, you, Rick. But Morton, no. Apparently, as Scotty mentioned earlier, or Scotty, sorry, Charlie, I've turned you into Scott Steiner. Uh, as, <laughs> as Charlie mentioned earlier, Rick Steiner can absorb people's uh, injuries, but like a real sin eater. So he just turns around and takes it, uh, and Fujinami just, again, gets back up and just comes right at it. And it's insane that these dudes, they just—they won't quit. And I think it was a judgment call to not do the Frankensteiner as yes. much as everything else had been botched. Right. Uh, and that's not something you necessarily get up. Because Jim Ross makes a point that uh, Scotty, all right, Scotty was going for the superplex, but he superplexed himself by Fujinami. I don't know what that means. What? That, yeah, that is a that is a call by Jim Ross. That is not me messing up the notes. Remember
1: that? <laughs> just, yeah, I. Yeah. Yes, you're right. There is that call. I do remember <laughs> that. Yes.
3: Yeah. He took the concussion and the pre-stroke. Uh, then I, you know, this match was fucking balls to the wall. I had to go back and re-watch some of it to get some notes because I found myself just kind of being enamored with it. But I gave this bad boy an eight.
1: I'm gonna build off that last that line you said about the after the match Scotty looks pissed and I think part of it's because he like there were so many like it it was so rough at times and I think the fact that like it it does end like Charlie like you said like after all that stuff he described it ends with a top row belly to belly it feels really like it almost Which, feels like <clears throat> go ahead go ahead it's a it's
2: a fine move yeah I love seeing that move but after everything else that I've seen in this particular
1: match no it would be the equivalent of Osprey versus um ricochet ending with a body slam like, oh. Wow. oh, that's the finish. Oh, okay. <laughs> well,
2: it that reminds like, me of that. You've you, you seen that WCW toy commercial that's made the rounds. I think you retweeted yes. it. Yes. Like, uh, <laughs> I love that little dork. <laughs> that little twerp. Yeah, he's like, he's, uh, he's going like, <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> finish him off with a body slam. I'm like, not fucking likely.
1: What is this, superstar Billy Graham? Yeah.
2: Finish him off with a body slam. That kid's only been
1: watching AWA his whole life. <clears throat> Um I feel like this season we've learned there are only two real Steiner Brothers matches. Either A against guys that they're just going to throw around the ring that have no name right. or against Japanese wrestlers where they're just going to beat the shit out of each other. Those are the only two Steiner Brothers
2: and it's all good. It's all good the whole it's time. It's all good. Like like th- honestly these are probably my favorite um matches oh of, of the season. I anytime I see Steiner Brothers, I honestly thought I was going into war games. Yeah. And they're like, "Nope, we got the Steiner Brothers." I'm like, "Fucking A, yes."
1: <laughs> I'd say next to Pillman, like if you could I they would be the only legitimate like MVP that I would give to a tag team over singles guys because they are that much fun to watch match in and match out. Like even even during that ridiculous tournament that we that we the the, oh, the you know, God. Pat O'Brien invitation or whatever the hell it was. I don't know, but um, <laughs> Pat, O'Connor. The Pat O'Connor invitation, <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Who the hell is Pat, Pat O'Brien. O'Brien? Isn't he like a host? <laughs> Pat <O'Brien>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, Pat O'Brien, He's
1: entertainment tonight,
3: somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: but uh, um, ha- anyone have any makers' mark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, I you, there's really, I mean, you guys have hit on every single thing that's important in this match. I, re- I did write for myself, like the only thing, I was like, is the best part of this match when Fujinami tries to cheap shot Rick Steiner, but the ref isn't there to cut off Rick, and Rick enters the ring, and he's like, oh, shit. Dude. Dude. Dude, I'm so glad you brought that up, because that almost looked, that looks like a shoot. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: That almost looks like a shoot to me. I'm just like, yeah, oh God, he's pissed. Uh,
3: Jim Ross goes, yeah, Rick Steiner did step in the ring. But Fujinami should have
1: kept his composure
3: like he's <laughs> chastising him yeah. via
1: commentary. When, you know, we've seen that so many times in tag match. It's like the, like one team will always Not try like to this. they try to bait the other guy to come in. The ref cuts him off so then that way the other team can actually do the 2 on 1. That no, 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 no. Randy Anderson's like, "You know what? Fair game. Let him, have it. let him." Have it. <laughs> MAGA <laughs> exactly.
2: Oh, this is good. I
1: gave it an eight 2 By the way, it absolutely good. a fantastic match to watch. I and really, man, huge props to Ayazuka. That kid, like, he I held mean, on, man, to get through that. Cause the whole time you can see him, like, he's clutching his face even while he's working and it's clutching like... his face. <laughs> he is, he's usually just...
2: you clutch your leg i know or your arm i mean what like his, he...
1: face his face is falling off it is not yeah. there like it's puffy well, and yeah. i couldn't i couldn't
2: make it out but jesse ventura kept saying stuff like his right eye is completely closed <laughs> yes
1: like I thought he broke an orbital bone or something, like something like that, because they were talking about blood from Dude, the nose. Dude, he's gonna come out wearing Undertaker's mask from '96. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh.
3: You mean Richard
2: Morton's, mask. Exactly <laughs> like Richard Morton's mask from
3: '96. <laughs> you imagine there, Richard
2: Morton two. in that mask? <laughs> uh,
3: Don't Dor- 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 Leslie. Leslie.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Leslie
1: Nielsen goes and looks for the real Richard Morton. <laughs>
2: It's Richard Morton versus Ricky Morton?
1: Ted DiBiase oh, claims Ted he, he has the real Richard Morton.
2: <laughs> I don't think anyone's arguing with this. No. <laughs> it's just, you know
3: what? Whatever, Ted. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: <laughs> Richard Morton feeds his own blood to Midian.
4: Oh, or,
3: excuse me, Henry Godwin turning him into Midian. <laughs>
1: uh, so that pretty much transitions us into... Our main event there's i mean there's some definitely some time killer but with with both um commentary positions doing some stuff they do allude to that there are some possible riffs within the dangerous alliance based on some uh some of the previous shows they don't go too much into it but they're but they're planting that seed which seems like oh okay well so we know where we're headed in the main event this has got to pop up somewhere so i figure the best I, i'm to...
3: glad you brought that up mm. williams if i could yeah. that bit about the rifts, because i don't think that Jesse Ventura grasped the concept of what war games is, because throughout the night he keeps saying, "And what's going to happen when all ten men get in there and they all decide they want the world heavyweight championship?" Like, oh
1: yeah, that's a good point. That is <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he was not Jesse, ever, the this, <laughs> Jesse the Mind that night.
3: Jesse the Mind, mind. <laughs> clearly not. He's he's too busy thinking about the. Oh, I'm going to do some measurements that involve chests. And I swear to God, if it's not a comedic bit where he winds up having to measure uh, PM News and Abdullah the Butcher's boobs, then I'm going to be
1: really mad.
2: <laughs> Where's PM <PN> News? <laughs> I
1: know. I'm anticipating a lingerie match between him and Abdullah now. Let's get that going. Oh, <laughs> a yes. Match. <laughs> Back in the early days of SmackDown where
3: you could give... Uh, you give the male wrestlers the female move where it was like they grab them, bend them over their knee and lick their hand and slap their ass. No, like, whoa, man, that was you so weird. Whoa.
4: You,
2: know, whoa. You, know what, you know what I thought of yesterday that bothers me now and it didn't used to bother me back then? Tic-tacs? Rikishi. It, it, no, it's Rikishi <laughs> taking that fucking clothesline. Oh, yeah. And I think oh, it's the all one because of that flipped? Jake Roberts pod. I'm just like, what? Like it, it didn't matter who gave Rikisi the clothesline. He spun around <laughs> every single
3: time. Which Jake Roberts podcast are you talking about?
2: You have to listen. It's, um, it's, it's where we keep getting that Austin thing from.
0: There's no heat when you hit a guy with a damn sledgehammer. Number one, both of you have killed your damn characters. So if he can get up from a sledgehammer, folks, I can't fight him. And that's a very interesting point. Goddamn, you just killed your character. You just told the whole world, you're a bony son of a bitch.
2: Oh, that's heavy duty right there. That's true, bro. Well, that's a good point.
3: It's fucking amazing. Oh, it's okay. So I didn't know if it was the, one of the new ones where he was on like the Joe Rogan experience and it's like three and a half hours so Jake's stories get a little I dark.
2: I don't know if I could <laughs> listen to Joe Rogan for three and a half
3: hours. <laughs> oh, dude, it's... Oh! Oh! Back at oh, this, some no. old lady. She stabbed. She hit me. And what? Well, what did you Oof. do, Jake? Oh, I kicked her. I kicked her real good. It's like, oh my god. Like, I think you
2: could literally go on that show and tell Joe Rogan that you're fucking Santa Claus, and and he would believe it. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever noticed that? Like, no, he I, never no. challenges anybody on anything that they say, at all. And he's just like, wow. well, Joe. I, and he's always I, I, really close to the mic. He's like, wow, I didn't know that. Cause he stoned out of his wow. mind, man. And I'm just like, dude, fuck, get the fuck out of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, that's my rant. No, it's cool. It's fun. I figure for this WarGames match, like, I, I've just broken it down by when somebody enters, and I think the easiest way to do it is like everybody Everybody just chime in with your notes. Like, we'll do all the notes kind of at one time because it's kind of the easiest way to do this because. Um, there's definitely a lot that's going on here. The first thing I wanted to mention is, I think if you count Medusa, there are eight Hall of Famers in this match.
2: Man, I mean, it's a who's who
1: of
2: of, of people in this match. Like, uh, it's they're the the star power alone. And I mean, um, the only ones... Even missed? the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah, yeah. Just the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah. Yeah. Wow! How could you boo these people? Right. Like, that's a fucking stable. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and to top it all off, like, the fact that Paul Lee's, like, doing, like, real strategy with them, and it doesn't seem like bullshit, like, it seems like, like, real strategy, I'm like, that's so If this cool.
2: guy goes in, and then you go in, and yeah. blah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I can hear
1: that. So, all right, let's start off with our first two. Like, we don't need to go over the rules. Capetta, if you want to hear it, Kipetta, I do. I do want to point out that there's
2: nine of them. What's that? There's nine, nine rules.
1: Oh, okay.
3: listed. Yeah. Like, I was like, which oh is two less than last year.
2: It, it is? <laughs> have,
3: <laughs> they, have they gotten a they little just more than year? <laughs> it, yes. Uh, I think they tried to make it, you know, less complicated. Because Gary Michael Capetta does say very briefly, the, I can butcher that, but very briefly, the rules to which I went, uh oh, time to time it. It takes him a minute yeah. and 55 seconds to explain the rules. Of Look, One match. Like the whole setup, like, 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 like. Well, I think
2: that the idea of, of, of how to go through this is fine, but this beginning part needs to be talked about. Okay. Because I'm like, dude. Because this is usually like when the, when the when the uh, when the when the ring announcer talks like this, it's usually because they're setting the ring up or something. Right. right. And I'm looking at the ring, and they're not setting the fucking thing up. And I'm like, well, what what are they, what are they doing? And then after Capetta's done talking, then the fucking thing starts coming down. But hold on, no, it doesn't. The camera is just kind of oddly like aimed at the ceiling, and we're like, "What the fuck are we looking at?" Oh, Fortune pyro! Fame,
0: mirror, mirror, fame. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: Exactly. And then the thing starts coming down, and for about like twenty seconds, I honestly thought it wasn't going to fit. <laughs> <laughs> it looked, it looked like it was off center, and I was like, "Oh, this will be good. We're gonna have a little Seth Rollins moment going on here." <clears> oh. <throat> And uh, no, it, but it fit the, the, the whole thing felt like it took an Undertaker entrance, like just to get like the announcements made, Jesse Ventura and J.R. and Eric Bischoff, and Tony Schiavone and getting the fucking cage down and getting everyone in the ring to make sure that the cage was like where it's supposed to be. I mean, it was exhausting.
1: that's the best say- oh that's it okay no i just <laughs> I, I wanted to make sure i did not want to step on <laughs> no
3: no you're good you're
1: good
3: um jesse ventura and jim ross and the timekeeper are very brave people to be sitting in that position the entire night with that janky ass cage hanging like 25 feet above their head i do like that the fact when it starts good go ahead Jason you'll know, say so that when it starts to lower, the
1: corners are like flaked out a little bit, and they're
3: just like, "Oh no,
1: this isn't good." And they uh, they clearly did not yes, take I, the note from last year, and they didn't raise the they didn't make the cage higher. Like it's still low, like terribly low, to where like you have to be really careful with what you do in the ring because you may bump yourself against the top of the cage. You right. Know? Like they did now, not. No. Wait that. a second.
2: How how much did they say the hell in the cell
1: weighs? Was it like they ever twenty elephants? That? I don't know. Twenty elephants, thirteen? I don't know. Well, I, I seem to that... remember it being something like twenty-five thousand pounds. Yeah, it's like eighty something. big shows or something. They don't yes. they use it <laughs> no, as a no, 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 no. That's the Royal Rumble.
2: Oh, <laughs> no. I got you. But, but anyway, the reason <laughs> I'm bringing this up is like basically, I always thought that WWF stole the Hell in a Cell idea from WCW. They just made it one ring and they made the cage much sturdier. And, but however, uh, the reason I bring up the weight is because, like, this is twice the size of Hell in a Cell, two rings, and Jim Ross <laughs> makes a comment about oh, here it comes, it's hundreds and hundreds of pounds of steel, oh, and I'm like, that doesn't sound very threatening. <laughs> like, like, hundreds and hundreds of pounds? Is it, what? is it like 400 pounds? Like,
3: Is it like two Vaders? It's two oh, Vaders. It's the 90s. Two faders. It's the '90s, Charlie. Hyperbole was more effective
2: and efficient. Yeah, right? maybe it's just WWE just blowing shit out of proportion. Like, I swear well, to God, I think the oh. I think the Elimination Chamber is
3: half a ton. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, the the steel stairs weigh what what fifteen hundred pounds? Isn't that what they tried to say during the first ever stairs match between Rowan
2: and the Big Show? Like, weight is so outrageous in wrestling. Like the like the fifty
3: pounds of gold and I like. None of these things weigh what they say. No. My favorite thing is they're like, these stairs weigh like, when they said they weigh like close to 1500, it was ridiculous. And then like the very next match on Raw, because it was just a buildup for that stairs match, was a, a Divas match, because they were still Divas at the time, and some Diva got flung into the stairs and they moved. <laughs> I'm just oh, like, of Those course. Are 1500 pounds. That's a lot of force. <laughs> so, so, anyway, so Richard Morton picks up a, a, a steel stair and
1: crushes Vince McMahon's ankle. <laughs> Richard Morton set Robert Gibson's arm on fire in an Inferno match. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> Richard Morton hung, hugged Lent Biscuit lead singer Fred Durst after performing for him at WrestleMania 19. CM Punk <laughs> took the ashes of Jim Cornette and wiped them all over himself in the hype of his <laughs> match. <laughs> Richard Morton, I like Martin how, hanged the big the boss
2: maker in <laughs>
3: WrestleMania fifteen. <laughs> Richard Morton defeated Mark Henry in a casket match.
2: <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Oh wait. Richard Morton helped Steve Austin beat Dude Love by pulling Gerald Briscoe out and choke-slamming him through a table, and then pulling Pat Patterson out
3: and choke-slamming him through a table. (laughs) Richard Morton made his return to the WWF with his new gimmick, the American Badass. (laughs) Are you scared?
2: (laughs) Not really. (laughs)
4: That's Richard. <laughs> That's Richard Morton.
3: <laughs> I just want to hear Richard Morton with his super southern accent doing the the Ministry of Darkness. <laughs> just that, just limit that he's Well, <laughs> North Fondyende. Uh, <laughs> all
1: right. So, to recap, <sighs> who's in this match? On uh, just so you know, all the, so everyone knows all the players. You got Rick Roode, Steve Austin, Bobby Eaton, Arn Anderson, Larry Zbyszko taking on Sting, Ricky Steamboat, Nikita Koloff, uh, Dustin mm. Ro- Dustin Rhodes, <laughs> and Barry Wyndham. <laughs> so, all right, the first the first two in are Austin and Wyndham, and this is a Perfect. delight to watch. Um, Austin does the unthinkable; he does a diving clothesline over the ropes, which I was like. I never would have thought Stone Cold would have ever pulled this off in any incarnation, but somehow later on he does the Conan clothesline, the cartwheel, like you know he does the not yes. the cartwheel, he does the roll the turnbuckle. Yes. I was like, we've sunrise." we talked about this.
2: We talked about this before. Whenever you see Austin do something like this back then, do you do you immediately like close your eyes and think of him doing it as Stone Cold Steve <laughs> Austin, <laughs> and, and you just can't. Your no. brain, it's you're basically like doing the test of strength to
1: yourself and kicking yourself yeah <laughs> it <was> yes just... <laughs> it's it's insane i it, it's so and it's and it's really refreshing to watch because you're like yeah the guy was really good even before he got really good he was and, great yeah mm-hmm. what do you guys have any notes really for just the austin Wyndham portion here anything to add uh, yes of you course did i do, uh, I, do too. I do too actually okay.
2: go go i got a couple yeah.
3: Uh, so everyone gets almost everyone gets a name change this match, and we now have Ariel Steve Austin, uh, not just because of him flying over the, the two ring ropes, but he does this move where he tries to hold on to the top of the cage and, like, kick Barry Windham like in an action movie uh, and does it several times. Once Austin gets bloodied and he's laying at the uh, right of the feet where the faces are, like how Jesse Ventura starts saying that, Rick, uh, that Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is just spitting on him. <laughs> <laughs> just yes. Concept. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, I'd like to think that him when Ricky, Ricky the Steamboat
1: Do- spits, it's like a Dilophosaurus in Jurassic Park, where it's just like that's stuck that's, on him.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for for stepping on my bit where it's Ricky the Dilophosaurus <laughs> Steamboat, because <laughs> he gets a new brand too.
0: Uh.
3: <laughs> so, it's so good. <laughs> that's so good and and then barry windham gets changed to the cannibal barry Wyndham, where he starts to bite oh, god Steve oh. Austin's like open wound oh, right it's in rough. the camera <laughs> he's like hi mom i'm gonna give him hepatitis or something he yells something really weird and starts gnawing and making gnawing sounds uh but that's after other people start coming in but what you got charlie wow um yeah basically uh
2: so austin gets busted pretty bad and But I swear, for like the remainder of the match, once the other periods start, Austin just becomes a punching bag, and the bumps that he takes are unreal. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Like I I think see him bump like that. He's the MVP of this match. I mean, he does so much for everybody. It's really good work. It's a clinic. If you like, if you like to study, like somebody who's not winning in a match, like not like getting the upper hand, but doing a great job. Making everybody else look good, this is it. It's incredible, and when you think about the fact that I think he was only pro for two years at this
2: point, yeah. Like, and and he's damn near looking better than anybody else in that ring, just from a selling standpoint. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. I did laugh my ass off when Jesse claimed that Steamboat was spitting on Austin, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) because it was just because for one, actually, I thought that was out of character for Jesse. That sounds like something Bobby Heenan would say. Right, right. Because, Jesse Ventura was always more of a, um, of a thinking man's heel commentator. Like he, you, you could actually like almost agree with him. And Bobby Heenan would just flat out lie. <laughs> and so to hear that, oh, he spit on him. Did you see that? And, and Jim Ross gets so defensive. About the way he's talking about Steamboat, as we'll hear later on. (laughs) And that was fun, like listening to JR defend Ricky's honor. (laughs) (laughs) That's just not true. (laughs) How could you say that? I hated Abraxas.
1: <laughs> That's when I, I I just now I'm listening, I can just hear the, the glory of love kicking in as JR defends Ricky Steamboat's yeah. honor.
2: Yeah. Now we're talking oh, oh, karate kid too.
1: Oh JR takes oh. his belt off and throws it up there to to, to save to save.
2: <laughs> oh, oh to save him? Yes.
3: Oh, just... oh. <laughs> Miyari <is>. Steamboat's <clears throat> <laughs> Ricky Stebo's in the middle of the ring getting his ass kicked because the Jim Rossi's beating that little drum thing that all the people don't <laughs> yeah, no. oh fuck
0: that
3: thing
2: that thing is so dumb it's like, like the one line of dialogue about it too is like well what's that it's from my family that helps
1: with karate it's, it's, the, it
2: help? it's the Japanese
1: equivalent it. of the crowd shouting DDT <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: Because they're respectful, <laughs> and I love how they all have one. Yeah, they all have. One. Like, like, <laughs> how did you know you would need that? <laughs>
1: Everyone, like, Every, this wasn't the they were all giving value. them out. It is. Uh, it, it that's that's sure. the gimmick night at the uh, the local you know dojo. Yeah, I was gonna say, dude, I'm not.
3: Oh, I'm Charlie, not. I'm you not gonna see lie, the well, commercials. Well, the the first 500 people get the stupid drum thing.
2: LaRusso broke out the drum thing in Cobra Kai. Oh, and. Dude, I was Wait. like, I, I geeked out. I was Wait, just like, what season? I, Is, I finished I it. I haven't watched season two yet.
1: So it's season two. Spoil.
2: Oh, ah. dude, dude, you got to finish it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you want to talk about a batshit season finale? Season two finale of Cobra Kai. It's just, you could never prepare yourself for it. <laughs> uh, okay. Do they go to space? Because it's like the only thing. That... They might as well have. Because... Oh, shit. It is, a, it is a soap opera of soap operas. But anyway, yeah, they broke out the uh, the drum thing.
1: And it's just
2: like, Dan- Daniel, you kept it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, really? Um, so All right. Next to enter is Rick Rude. And so now, and, and it's, oh, it should yeah. be said, Wyndham basically just dominates Austin. It dominates him the whole time. Rick Rude comes in, and then the Alliance gets the upper hand on Wyndham. I think this is when Barry Wyndham becomes number two guy to, to gig in the match. He's bleeding. Um, what else, what else do you guys have? It's just like anything here before we get to when steamboat enters. Oh, no. okay. Cause uh, the, the only the thing, thing I have thing, is
2: Rick, Rick rude loves doing that, that arm across the back move.
1: Oh yeah. I gotcha. Boy, he loves it. <laughs> um, I, the pop of the night seems to be when steamboat enters, the place comes unglued when steamboat mm-hmm. enters and mm-hmm. it, And, of course, he goes right for the target, which, you know, is... is, Which, by the way, he's got bandage over his nose, so maybe he got steinered at some point recently, too. We don't know. But his nose is bandaged up going into the match. He goes right at Rick Rude, and they just continue their feud. And it's great. It's it's so good that, like, it becomes its own match in one of the rings. Like, to where like... At, at some point, when Dustin Rhodes enters, he's like, all right, well, he enters the, that ring, and he's like, well, it looks like business is being take, uh, taken care of here. I will go back. <laughs> and he just immediately exits. He, <laughs> yeah. He does
3: the Grandpa Simpson gif. Where yes, he just yes. Right now, that it should just replace We um, Talk about,
2: uh, up next, my favorite part of the whole match yeah. is uh, Arnie Anderson was smart enough
1: to uh, store two finishers. Yes. My, you, my <laughs> man, you nailed it. That was my note. Exactly. Two specials ready to go.
2: Yep, right off the bat, runs in DDTs. Barry Windham goes into the other ring, and he's got like a little bit of special. He's blinking. He's it. blinking. It's blinking. It's blinking. <laughs> you got to do it. Spine Buster on Ricky Steamboat. I was just like, "Fucking!" Hey, I love the dangerous alliance. <laughs> so cool.
3: And then there's uh, just too many DDTs in this match.
1: Yeah, Steamboat gets two. I think he he breaks out two of them. He's almost like, "I oh, fuck it. I'll do one too, mm-hmm. or I'll do two of them." Yeah. 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 And then um Dustin Rhodes is the next one to come in. He will be the third person to bleed in this oh, match.
2: Oh oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, before Dustin comes in. Okay. Sorry. I have to I have to mention this cuz it's just
1: weird. Uh Jesse Ventura just for
2: no fucking reason makes a comment about Ricky Steamboat having many girlfriends in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. What is this? He's having And there's Jim Ross defending his honor yeah. once again. <laughs> He's having a lot of sunny days. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like, like it was just a weird thing to say in Jim Russell, How could, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, it's like the worst my JR impression is, the better it is. <laughs> 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 where, where where did that come from? I, mean, I, I
3: hate a running man. He does not. Yeah, he does not. <laughs>
2: He does not, and and I kept waiting for them to bring it up, like his, like you know when Ricky Steamboat was the Family Man, that kind of gimmick, but you know because it was just so
1: strange. The Family Man that brought a dragon to the ring.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Then he's Family Guy. He's straight up Peter Griffin. Just I happen to have a dragon. I'm gonna bring it to the ring. Uh, I got a pet dragon. (laughs) That
2: sounds like something that would actually happen on Family. (laughs) That's yeah.
3: Uh, is this before or after? Uh, I think, it, I don't know. It. It. I know at one point Rick Rude gets in there, but someone's head gets put between the two rings. No, it's before. And, and they just freaking, I know, because Rick Rude happens, I don't think it's someone else, and they just act like it's the most devastating thing I've ever seen. It just looks like someone's using a human plunger. That's all it really looks
2: <laughs> like. Yeah, or well, one of those like things hurt to clean was, a fireplace. <laughs> <You> just... Oh. <laughs> In like 1930, um, Jr. makes a, a reference to a car accident on an I-95,
1: <laughs> which is a that is a topical reference for us. oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, cause so we, Dustin
2: Rhodes, yeah, yeah. Oh, good.
1: No, I was gonna say because we're in South Carolina, we see him on I-95 all the time,
2: all the time. Yeah, all the time. Um, Dustin Rhodes. That's when he comes out. And yes, it's Barry Wyndham doing that move to Aaron Anderson, which it takes Jr. like, like a, a little while than a, longer than it should to see it, because uh, it, it's going on for a while before Jr. mentions it, because uh, something else is going on in the foreground. I think it's Windham and Austin,
1: <clears throat> which um, I I think this is the, this is the strongest part of the match is when you've got when after after Dustin Rhodes enters and you've got Rhodes Wyndham and Steamboat against Austin rude and anderson that is like the best of this match because it is it is a, it is just a, it is a good brawl and every what i love is like by the end of this match I, I don't know who gets to clean this ring but this is the most disgusting ring of all time it's got to be just like super invader yeah
3: Looks like you drew the short straw again, Hercules. I didn't draw a straw,
1: exactly. <laughs> Small Carvader. Because you, you see, everybody's tight. Everybody's tights are like bloody. Like everybody's got oh, yeah. juice all over them. It's great. Um, so then, you know, it's interesting too. What's
2: it, what? I believe WWF was under a strict no blood policy at the time.
1: Yeah, I think so because this is '92, so the this WrestleMania is the year 8 thing of WrestleMania happens. Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: right. Yeah, I think they were really heavily against blood, and WCW's like, "Well, oh, fuck, we'll take over."
1: Oh yeah, I, I'm. I just I was yeah. I when I made the blood list, and there's only four. There are four guys that bleed in this match. I was like, I was expecting this to be like six or seven out of eight people bleed in this match could, because it felt like they were
2: all bleeding. Dustin, yeah. Dustin, this looked like his blood from uh, Double or Nothing. Yes.
1: Does and yeah, it was that bad. Um, I feel like once Larry Zabisco enters, I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's. <laughs> but, but then to to kind of like offset that, Medusa, decides, <laughs> she's gonna climb the cage, which I don't understand why she needed to climb the cage to get the cell phone in there, but she does it. Are the holes bigger on the top of the cage? <laughs> I guess, like, <laughs> which. Which, by the way, Arne Anderson, you like a like a brilliant no mercy or revenge wrestler, immediately intercepts this and is like, "Bip, bip, 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 bip." Just no, takes... no, he's
2: great with it. Yeah. But
1: it begs the question: Why didn't one of the Dangerous Alliances run in with the phone? Right. I have actually a better question: <laughs> Why didn't one of them just bring the wrench in that helps loosen the rope so they could get it done quicker? Because but I,
2: <laughs> I can't tell what uh what Bobby Eaton's doing no like, well, Rick it, Root's it trying to do, like do it he's bare-handed
1: it. yeah exactly so all right Rick Root tries so this by this point Rick Root is going to start trying to take off the top rope and I, don't, I forget who else joins in but you're right Bobby Eaton and Jesse calls it I was like it looks like Eaton's trying to fix the top rope <laughs> it
2: really <Yeah>. does <laughs>
1: I'll be right with you and
2: just so so but over there, humming
1: the dark, <laughs> dark side to himself. So oh, Sting, so, so we should. Yes. This is where we should definitely bring up that Sting with his busted ribs decides. You know what? I'm going to go confront this this lady who's trying to interfere in our match. <laughs> you know <here."> what? <laughs> <laughs> and he just scares it off. Not of
3: does cage. He do, Yeah. Not only does that happen, but Sting with broken ribs is able to climb to the top of the cage. Yes. After Medusa, in between, and this is all happening in less than two minutes. Like it's it's a lot. Yeah, That's super
2: fast. And the crowd, the, broken ribs. the crowd really wants him to kick her ass.
1: Yeah, it's not. It doesn't. It has not aged well, has it? No, no. I no. Mean, it's, it's but like, that, no.
2: But <laughs> the stupidest part of the match
1: is this bullshit where,
2: uh, what is it? Nikita Koloff comes in. Right. And I guess they didn't take the time to discuss any of this in the bag. <laughs> right. But... But but like there's like all these guys that are trying to kill them, and they're like staring at each other like, you want to do it.
1: So, so before Koloff gets in, just real quick, we'll just knock off. So Sting enters, then Bobby Eaton, and then Koloff comes in. Now the cool thing about the Koloff thing is they do call back to a year ago when, um, right. And and I and I assume in the build up to this, they probably had the whose side is Nikita on and all that. I'm sure they did. They touched on that. But it is funny that they happen to take the time, and I will say, like as ridiculous as it is, the crowd is so into it. And what I absolutely love—this is such a small thing, but it's because we were—we've been watching all these shows pretty, you know, pretty much back to back. Is we've been into it a while. Sting duplicates the exact same spot where he sacri- he betrayed himself by saving Luger and ate the chain. Yes, he does. I thought that was familiar. Koloff does the <laughs> same thing back to sting and eats that whatever clothesline or whatever it is from both guys to prove that he's in and it's all on the up and up and they do the embrace that i like just because it was a it, even if it was unintentional it, it was a callback to when they were beginning their feud a year ago so i just just wanted to touch on that but yeah the the loosening of the ropes becomes the thing here and I, I do love that, like, after we've dropped a phone in there, so how are we going to top ourselves in terms of trying to give ourselves an advantage? Well, why don't we just tape up Eaton's hand? Let's just tape his hand up. Like, that'll that's going to do some damage. That if we tape up Bob Eaton's hand, he will be able to go in there and just, you know, put some knots on some guys' heads here, and that'll be it. But um, once Koloff enters, that is the match beyond beginning. So now it is no pinfall, it is no DQ. The only finish is somebody has a submit. And that's where we really get into some of this um, this stuff here. So what do you guys have once Match Beyond starts? It's uh, There's a really
3: good – once it gets in there, I think it calls back to when you were uh, talking about Jesse commenting on Bobby Eaton trying to fix the ring. Jim Ross does have an awesome callback or call to that. He says, I don't think he's got ring maintenance on his mind,
4: which is <laughs> just <laughs> –
3: uh, really good thing but it it, it because the camera is really only in that corner to watch so that we can keep an eye on what's going to happen with the stream post it kind of forgets the other side where yeah. the majority of the guys are right. and uh-huh. it's just more flailing a lot of flailing around and rick Rude doing the back hit that charlie mentioned and then just a lot of punches to the heads um rolling through but it's it, the is it, <coughs> this when they start really hitting the submissions like, yeah. why were they uh, the double Boston Crab? And, no, that was a lot earlier, so I didn't understand why they I were doing Sting submission moves a, before someone could quit. Sting
1: locks in. He gets a special, and he locks in Anderson for a, a, a mm-hmm. scorpion. <laughs> and then, um yeah, and then, and then that's, while he's doing that, that's when we have Zabisco now trying. Everybody gets a turn at trying to work the rope for a while it's really funny yeah what do you make of it (laughs) like this is why I'm serious Medusa (laughs) just needed to give them a wrench so they could do this a lot faster they could just and be done with it but nobody oh that's what he was trying to do he was trying to get the things off of it right he's trying to get the and and which even begs a better question like why don't you just throw one of the like didn't couldn't somebody if like Use another weapon besides that. Like we're building up towards use this the spot. phone, right? The phone. Wouldn't the phone be enough? But no, we got to use part of the the ring rope to try and beat Sting to death with it. And now I believe I believe a lot of things though. I do not believe a cell phone would
3: break an arm. I mean, it's I, I don't see that the ring. That You've seen ass, Wall Street.
1: That's <laughs> nah, a movie. This is real. This is wrestling. Dude, did you uh, see when he so cracked? Uh, he beat a old. Oh, the, the Wonder Years He beat that kid In the face with it And like It exploded Remember What's his what? name Which... Kevin no no no. Savage? no 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 oh, no Jason, brother, Jason Hervey. Yeah. Hervey Remember he oh, He just Wayne. Blasted him in the head With the phone And exploded Who did he, who did he hit With the phone <clears throat> Jason Hervey Oh he hit, Oh Kevin hit his brother, Wayne? No, no, Paul Lee. <laughs> the Wonder Years with oh, Paul God Lee. Oh, God damn it. I the thought, Wonder Years. You were years.
2: talking about the Wonder Years. I was about to say, I've seen the every show, episode yeah, of the, the wonder, wonder Years. the show about the
1: 60s. I've seen yeah. every episode the of the Wonder Years. I show about where one brother hits
2: it. A phone assault. <laughs> like,
1: oh, <laughs> man. Wonder I, Years. I love that first episode when we see Paul Lee and Winnie Cooper have that kiss. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh no. 1960s sitcom where
3: they have cell phones. <laughs> It's not cell phones. I'm thinking like a landline. Right. Like, well, <laughs> no, I get that, but you can't you can't submit if you're knocked out unless you're Brian Pillman and Eli Gante quits for you. But well, this is the kind of know. this is the
2: problem with the match. Like for me is like it's just fucking chaos and brutal,
1: and it ends with an armbar. I was thinking, so, no, what you're saying is exactly what I was thinking coming into this. And I was like, I, I feel like I like this match a lot, but the finish is lame, and it kind of is... I mean, I get it, but it was, like, literally, as soon as Sting locked it in, I was like, no.
2: Like, like no, it can't end. Because that's always my problem with War Games. War, I can't think of a single War Games that had a good ending. Like, the match is, is fine. Like, this, this is a really good match, considering... You know, we mentioned that the problems with the uh, with the focus of the cameras. It's not that bad. Like it's, they do a pretty decent job of 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 following the action. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's it, it certainly could have been a lot worse with ten guys.
1: It's just this finish. It's just kind of goofy. Yeah. So I was, th- I Charlie, what you're talking about is exactly what I was thinking about because we watched this a year ago, and so the right thing I, the thing I'd forgotten though was. The thing, like that, Zabisco does where he accidentally hits Bobby Eaton with that ring or the ring rope piece in the shoulder, and I was like, w-? that added to it. I was like, okay, all right, I could see why Steve yeah. would go for it. I could see why he goes for it, even though it is just like, what we well, would have rather about... have seen him do the Scorpion Deathlock on somebody to right.
2: Win. Or how about he takes his arm? and like uses the
1: steel as like leverage. Yeah, there you go. Okay, there you go. That, that would have been better. That would have made more sense. Yeah. That would have been yeah, better.
2: that would have been okay. But just a straight up armbar? Like he didn't like hit his joint. He hit him on the side. Like it's just going to be a bruise. Like this isn't like a like <laughs> like an internal thing right. for him. Right. Like it's not going to be like a real issue. It, it just it just doesn't make sense to me, but if he used the the wrench as like part of the submission, um i i absolutely would have bought into it
1: jason did what do you think of the ending and then if go and throw in any of your other notes and then your rating well the it's
3: kind of very anti club. like you i guess for lack of a better way to put it you sit through all of infinity war and Endgame, game and thanos gets taken away in handcuffs
1: that's kind of how this felt because it was just kind of, uh,
4: uh.
1: I'm glad. See, yeah, you, you see how big of a letdown that Or that Or the War Machine does a DDT to him and he disappears. <laughs> oh, just turns the oh, dust. No. Figure four. And
3: the the Undertaker, Richard Morton, shows up yeah, and says, there On is. your left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow. But I'm, that would have made it a lot better for me. I was trying to figure out how to work it in. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, <laughs> well, see, that's what happened. See, Charlie, they didn't, when Cap didn't t- come back, and they create a new timeline where Richard Morton's the Undertaker. Uh, but he's just—he's just referred to as Richard Morton. <laughs> Steve, Not even
4: what if you John? Re- <laughs> that
1: <Yeah. laughs> uh, would be great is if <laughs> we're in the bad timeline. Instead of Falcon, it's Flamingo, and it's Scotty. <laughs> 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 no,
3: that—that shield—that shield belongs to you. Oh, speaking of Shield, so last night I watched the uh, Fight for the Fallen show for AEW, and when they were running it? the promo, eh, it was okay. It's a little too long because um, all their matches have time limits. And Cody Rhodes is, excuse me, Cody is the new Triple H. All of his matches so far have been very long. Um, so, but there before the promo, it's like for, or it's before the match between the Rhodes and then the Young Bucks, Dustin's sitting there talking about He goes, yeah, it's been a long time since we teamed. He said, but we're the first team to beat the Shield, but they bleep the word Shield. Oh, Why would they leave like, it just so? No, I don't know because then he turns around and says, "He goes and we whooped the shit out of each other and they bleep shit." So I was like, "So did you beat the shit or did you beat the shield?" Wait, uh, this was on pay per view, right? Or not pay per view? But was, well, it was still streaming? Yes, but they still. But there's yeah, no broadcast
2: it, standards.
3: No. Well, there's not broadcast standards on WWE Network, but they'll still bleep and blur shit. So, well, that's true, but but I mean, but but that, you know, they, they have they're on the, they have
2: stockholders to adhere to. Like, I I don't understand why AEW would block something. Like, even if they said the Shield, they're not going to get like a cease and desist or something, for from from <laughs> WWE. I don't don't get it.
3: I don't know. They did get a cease and desist to stop doing the uh, Too Sweet way back. Yeah, actually, so I'm happy maybe. then.
2: Good. <laughs> no, but, I,
3: I'm uh, sick but of seeing so, that. But just like I was saying with that, though, it's anticlimactic just because we were getting ready to go off on jokes about Captain America, and it's like, oh, speaking of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, that's just what brought up. And then I'm glad, because Jim Ross last night was talking about War Games 92 so much on commentary. Really? Because, yes, that's why I put us in a tweet. I was like, thanks to the AEW commentary team for talking about War Games 92 so much. Yeah. Uh, because I think it had a lot to do with they were in Jacksonville, and this was, I think, the first like Dustin being in the main event and all this stuff, and it's just harkening back to that. Like, they talk about it a lot. So, it is interesting. Kinda, like, when when War Games starts, Jim Ross makes it, no,
2: no, I'm sorry, it's Jesse Ventura. He goes, because I think the, the one the guy here with the biggest disadvantage is Dustin Rose because he's the youngest, you know, and it's just kind of like, oh boy. You <laughs> know, think because. Because now in AEW, he's damn near the oldest performer they've got.
3: <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but all in all, I mean, it's just, again, everybody's got a DDT. Everyone gets a figure four. Uh, just, <laughs> I, I don't get the the the, the call off sting thing. Like, it just seems out of place. It seemed like something that should happen before, like in in. Maybe a post-match preview. That's what Tony Schiavone yeah. and Bischoff could have been doing. Was inter- like the whole night could have been talking about. We're trying. I know they kept saying Missy's trying to talk to him, but that doesn't go anywhere. But they're like, we're trying to find out if Nikita's really on the same page. That could have been a story the whole night like, to talk about.
2: Right, <laughs> and then, and then, and then, that doesn't make sense. It's like, oh, Nikita, is he really on Sting's side? And he goes, well, Sting, why don't you ask him if he says he doesn't want to tell you?
3: Just get a new fucking partner. Yeah. Yeah. Is there really so, like, a gonna... guy he can find? No, because Ron Simmons has a match. Did... <laughs> JY got hurt? Uh oh, he's Big Josh dying. had to <laughs> Big Big Josh battled the Undertaker. I no, mean, you know, that didn't go well. <laughs> that's right. His Josh. his buddy who, who was just a, a sting <clears throat> protege just a few shows ago, Marcus Bagwell is now dealing with the sophomore slump, so it's not like you could've went to him. All of, and Lex is gone, so and the Steiners were obviously uh, booked already. So I think they're still ready to go.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm sure.
3: I'm sure. Oh, okay. Been, so like,
2: right after the submission, it's like this is really fucking funny. Like they just everyone saw Zabisco just, you know, he was just late. Like the the Sting got out of the way or whatever. But it doesn't seem to matter. The Dangerous Alliance just starts like, eating him alive. Like how could you? How could you do that? And like, you can very audibly hear Bobby like holding his shoulder, and he looks at Larry, and he goes, "Jesus
4: Christ!"
2: Christ. (laughs) (laughs) It was priceless. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, it was
3: really good. That was like a very cinematic moment. It where like the villains are all huddled around, like regrouping after losing. (laughs) It's just like, but. One thing that was weird is during where Sting, who apparently is not as dumb as we've made him out to be with always getting betrayed, just smells blood in the water and immediately goes for it uh, (laughs) to get onto Bobby Eaton. While he's like that, like, Missy Hyatt's out there screaming, give up! Oh my God, Bobby! 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 Like, the whole point is if he gives up, they lose. I mean, like, so, not Missy, sorry, Medusa. So it's like, maybe, you know, Medusa's got a thing for Bobby Eaton. Give me that story. That's what tears up the dangerous alliance.
1: Hmm? Jason, would you rate That's this? What... By the way, uh, I gave this to seven. Okay, Charlie, would you th- would you overall rate this? I gave it an eight. An eight? Okay. Hmm. I think eight's where I'm at too, because like I I still like even though I understand the ending a little bit better, like it does still feel like a Ugh, this this feels like it could be better. Like this could have been. The only thing I like is that the camera's right there to capture it, which is really cool. I like to see the camera, like, right on the moment, you know, because I kept thinking this thing comes out of nowhere. And, you know, if you're a home viewer, you kind of see it happen, but... It's of of all these wargame matches, and I'll be honest, I have not seen the NXT one from a few years ago or however long it was ago, so I can't put it beside and judge what it is. Of all the WarGames matches I've seen, this is definitely the standout. Like I think this one is such a fun watch in terms of what wrestling can be. Like this is a good payoff to this feud. I mean, regardless, like even though the ending is, even with the ending being what we've talked about, like I think this is just a great finish to the. Of the show—it really does pay off this entire hype of what War Games is. Um. Okay, Charlie. While you're you're still, are you you're doing uh, ratings right now, right? Yep. Just give me just a second. No <clears> worries. <throat> I'm gonna read this. So this is what Nick sent us about Wrestle War. Okay. And I told you I'd save it for the ending here. This is from the Wrestling Observer during uh you know after after Wrestle War. So this is from the time period. Wrestle War drew a crowd of 6,000, max capacity of 8,000 for a live gate of $72,000, and a .6 pay-per-view. On Tuesday, the 12th of May, 1992, Turner Broadcasting announced former wrestler in Mid-South Wrestling and UWF owner slash booker Bill Watts as the new vice president of wrestling operations. Watts was to take over all aspects of the wrestling side of the business and report directly to Bob DeHue who oversees WCW and reports to WCW President Bill Shaw. Kip Fry, or Kay Allen Fry as we've seen him on air, becomes the VP of Business Affairs. Now Kip Fry would leave WCW on Wednesday the 27th of May. Fry Fry reportedly had no idea he was being replaced by Watts and the VP of Business Affairs role was a figurehead position to save face. He moved to another position with internal broadcasting. He was replaced as the number two man in WCW by Jim Ross, who would handle television production, marketing, merchandising, and li- liaisoning with, uh, uh, with Turner Home Entertainment. Ross said on his radio show in response to questions about Watts' hiring that the boys are going through a culture shock in response to the disciplinarian attitude that Watts brought. Watts also, or Ross also said he expected a turnover rate as high as 30 to 40% of the talent before all is said and done. Lastly, he said that the format WCW Saturday Night, the brainchild of Kip of Kip Fry, would be undergoing an overhaul under Watts, <clears throat> and at the time there would be long delays between matches, and the non-wrestling segments were taped. Uh, Nick is going to give us some more on Bill Watts on our next episode, which will be Beach Blast. Side note: In Mexico, this this marks the beginning of AAA. AAA is about to begin there. Um, also, fun fact. While he was already Vinnie Vegas in WCW, Kevin Nash was still working the Oz gimmick in New Japan, where he faced where he faced Hashimoto on the the May 17th card. The um I said earlier there was a um, um there was somebody who was supposed to be working in place of Richard Morton against Big Josh. That was Scott. Undertaker? Hall. So well, oh. that's right. That's right. <laughs> mean Mark was. No. <laughs> it was... Scott Hall? Scott Hall left WCW the same night as Russell War for the WWF where he is reportedly to take on a Fonzie-type character. Again, this is from the time period, so... Um, The WCW Saturday night taping at Center Stage in Atlanta on May 11th for May 23rd, May 30th and June 6th episodes drew 800 people with free tickets. And lastly, the WCW worldwide taping set for uh, May 25th were scheduled for, get the... 25 matches. Can you imagine going... To those worldwide tapings oh. that is brutal but probably fun probably fun real and i did i wanted to ask him about like the fallout of the steiners uh fujinami ayazuka match just to find out like what was what happened with it he says the observer reported in there there were fears that there were broken bones as in ayazuka's face following the tag team match but it was revealed the next day that there were no broken bones but there was just a lot of swelling as of June 1st, he was still out of action. Apart from the facial swelling, his body was riddled with bruises. The IWGP Tag Team Champions—no, like, like, like—I like was thinking at the time. I was like, man, if they're rough, if this is the number one contendership match. I'd hate to see what the the title match is. Well, guess what, guys? They're the 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 tag team champions are Bam Bam Bigelow and Vader. So. Oh God. <laughs> So that's well, retire the bill. Do we get to see this? Um I don't know. I cause our next show is Beach Blast, so I'm not positive. But I'm sure that we can look it up and we'll we can find it um find it on YouTube or somewhere. There's not a clash. Is there a clash between now? Not either? between this and Beach Blast. The clash is after. And I think this is the clash I went to in Charleston in ninety two. I'm not positive. Oh yeah? I think. I think but that clash is after Beach Blast, so we're actually going from one pay per view to another with this next one.
4: Mm.
1: Is the next clash from Charleston? I think so. I think it's from McAllister Fieldhouse. I think mm. we'll see. Mm. Okay. Um, what I wanted to see was um, okay, Charlie. What did you get the ratings? We're good to go. Okay, <clears throat> cool. So I have it at the highest. Sorry.
2: Um... <laughs> it's nothing to be sorry about. <laughs> Uh, Well, but when you look at what Jason's score is, I mean, it's pretty different. (laughs) Will, you're in the middle, but you're a little bit closer to me than
3: Jason. Of
1: course I am.
2: Jason's
3: at rock bottom. Um, Oh, God. I have hit rock bottom. Thanks for bringing that up. No,
2: your number is at rock bottom.
3: Oh, good. I feel better then. Good
2: God. We (laughs) gave this show a 4.9. Okay.
1: Um, Cagematch.net has it a 655. 6.55 Six five Bullshit. five. Now um, the Meltzer ratings, as you guys could probably predict, the last three matches are all pretty highly rated. Um, Those are
2: all great matches.
1: Yeah, Flying Brian and Z Man is three and three quarters. I uh, the the Steiners tag match is three and three quarters, and five stars for War Games. Which wow. I mean, I I get it. I mean, I get it. I think maybe at the time, I I don't know. I don't. Maybe that ending probably. Does, you know, I don't know. Maybe that Oak. ending is. Can we talk about uh, one more thing? Yeah, yeah, sure. uh,
2: Because I want to bring this up almost every time I hear it. Um, Because once again, this is how I know WCW was the number two company. Uh, Jim Ross, sitting at the table, never worked for WWF before at this point, with Jesse Ventura, who'd been with WWF for several years prior. And Jim Ross ends the whole show by going, Jesse, i got to ask you, in all your years of professional wrestling... Have you ever seen anything quite like War Games, the match beyond? Does <laughs> it just, just, no, no, I haven't. Just, okay. Like, it's just this this approval from, like, like they did this with Bobby Heenan. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, when he came on, where it's like, oh, this guy's established. This guy's from up north. And we have to ask him these. We have to, you know, get that seal of approval. Yeah. It's, it's like, you really don't. Like this is a really cool show, <laughs> right? And it's just it's just one of those things that I don't ever remember WWF doing this. Not once do I remember like one of the commentators looking at the other ones and have you ever seen professional wrestling like this? And really, it's because WWF always acted like they were the only one.
1: Yeah, I mean, and also like <clears throat> like we're also used to pay-per-views end once the final match ends, unless there's some like business. That's true too. Like or we're, sh- shenanigans. Yeah, it seems like I don't know if it's a time filler to like get your money's worth i don't have no idea but um but they they just refuse to go off the air right away like we always have to sit and talk about it for a minute when it's with when, <laughs> when honestly it's like i mean i'll be honest and maybe it's just because of us having to review these like i am checked out like i'm like all right done i am done done <laughs> <laughs> And, uh that's... Yeah, I am
2: too. It's like well, they'll pick up on this once Nitro
1: starts. It's just
2: like we're out of time.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, you they...
2: own the network. <laughs> <laughs> How are you out of time?
1: I, I swear if AEW doesn't do that their first episode, I'll be disappointed. I wanna see Well we're out of time. Yeah, <laughs> we're out of time. And and uh stinger splash into the camera we're out.
2: <laughs> stinger splash into the camera. We'll fill you in next week. <laughs>
1: Um, Will the Steiners
3: beat the Outsiders for the Tag Team Championship? Stay tuned for Mortal Kombat! <laughs> Over the Top is next! <laughs> Woo!
4: <laughs>
3: you want them? Yeah! We got <laughs> you got them! <it. laughs> Don't do that. People think we're coming back with that. Well, maybe, you
2: know, this Christmas. Yeah, that's right. That's well, right.
1: Man. Um. So guys, this that was that was Wrestle War ninety two, the War Games, the match beyond the uh, the apology, the the final final frontier, the final frontier, the the quickening. Um, We're gonna be back much sooner. We'll be back (laughs) with Beach Blast ninety two. That'll be the next. um, That'll be the next episode of the New Blood Rising podcast. Unless now that I, I'm saying that, but you know, there's always possibility we'll sneak in one of the uh, the perfect tens. We love doing those. Those mm-hmm. are a lot of fun to do. And if if there's one that comes together, that may pop up. It'll be a surprise. It'll be fun for everybody. So until then, we're on Twitter at New Blood Pod. We're on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. I'm at William Rinkin83.
2: I'm at the Jason Heisler. And I am at CM underscore stabs.
1: We'll see you guys next for Beach Blast
0: 92.
3: Kick out! Kick out cactus! Goodbye, my friend! Goodbye. Goodbye, Cactus. Thanks for the great memories, buddy. You're going to be missed, Cactus.
0: Godspeed, McFoley.